Hey, Adam, are you still there, buddy? I am. I'm sorry. I was busy drinking. I was playing the RC Roundtable drinking game. So, <laughs> wait, what was that? Every time, every time someone says Kyosho, you gotta take a take a take a drink. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, everybody, welcome to the table that is RC and Round, a.k.a. the RC Roundtable. This is episode number 158. Just in around the corner is episode 160. In which nothing Don't be special. So presumptuous. <laughs> Anything can happen. Well, nothing special will happen in 160, as far as I know, but it'd be a nice round number. And that voice you hear is Terry Dunn. Mm -hmm. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Lee Ray's out there somewhere. I am here. And I'm Fitzwalker. And joining us, special guest, Adam Drain. Say hello, Adam. He is special, that's for sure. <laughs> Are you special? <laughs> <laughs> uh, modeler extraordinaire adam is joining us on this episode thanks adam for joining us thanks for having me oh pleasure's all ours we'll see about that <laughs> <laughs> hey gotta start on a nice note yeah that's true we'll see how the show goes maybe we'll rescind that compliment yeah, we can always edit it later <laughs> uh, all right let's get the show on the road and of course, where we're going, we won't need roads. All right, so let's. Where do we start? Well, Adam. Adam has been on the show before, but I think this is the first time we've actually really had a chance to sit down and with a nice long recording with him. Adam, tell us about yourself. Who are you, and what do you want? What do you stand for? <laughs> well, um, so uh, I guess I'll start. Aviation's always been. I've always been around aviation. Um, growing up, we never. Um, went on a family vacation across the country without there being some kind of aviation-related stop or destination along the way. Oh, man. Um, Are you adopting? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my grandfather, uh, as you guys know, was uh, flew B, uh, NB-17s as a radio operator during World War II. He uh, was a 44 mission combat vet. Um, so that kind of is uh, probably 44. what started... 44. That's what kind of... What was the quota when he was there? So, uh, you know, I, I, you liken it back to Catch-22, the movie. You know, they, they tell you, do 25 missions and you can go home. Right. You get to 25 and they're like, well, we really need five more. So now it's 30. You get to 30. Well, 35. 35 and you can go home, we promise. So by the time he was done in middle of 1944, um, he got to 44 missions before he got to go home and even after 44 he actually stayed around and they his crew would uh they would test airplanes that were went through um repairs and stuff and i actually remember him telling this one story where he went up as an engineer with the, his pilot and co-pilot and they took a b-17 up to like 48 49,000 feet oh my gosh to the point where there was not enough air to keep the keep lift over the wings and they kind of just sloshed around and i just always remember them telling that story and they would, took their time coming back and so that was kind of the sweet part of the deal 
after they were done flying, and then then he went home shortly after that. Oh wow! But but you know, with that history and um, that continued, my father uh, he stayed in the Air Force. He retired as a major, um, and you know, my dad became more and more involved with what he did and his bomb group, the 390th bomb group actually has its own museum. It's one of the few bomb groups that has their own museum. It's the only bomb group that has their own B-17, actually. And it's located in Tucson. It's actually within the grounds of the Pima Air and Space Museum. So if you've never been to Pima, it's huge. It's actually, I think, the largest private collection of airplanes in the world. I could be wrong. Um, but this our museum is located within the grounds. Um, and so my father's been involved with them for probably 30 plus years he's been the president he he served on the board for most of that time and has done everything on the board so you know and and our involved in our involvement with that museum uh is how we got involved with the liberty foundation um which operated the b17 liberty bell which is how i got involved with working with full-size warbirds um the founder of the Liberty Foundation. His father was also in the 390th Bomb Group. Same squadron as my grandfather, as a matter of fact. And uh, he create he restored Liberty Bell, painted it in the 390th as a, you know, a, for his father, who passed away, I think, in the 70s. So that was a close relationship with us, and that's how I got involved with the Liberty Foundation, which was touring the country with um, B-17s. You know, we, we had... Liberty Bell originally, which we lost to a in-flight fire in 2011, I think it was, 2011 or 2012, 2011, I think. And uh, after that, we actually went on tour with Movie Memphis Bell, um, which, Terry, you've had the pleasure of crawling around inside of. Right, um, it was at Geneseo for a long time, so Fitz yep. crawled around in it too. Oh, okay, yeah. We left um, a lot of sweat behind in that airplane. <laughs> Uh, so we toured the airplane, toured the country with that airplane for a while, and then uh, when our lease was up with that, we uh, we had some time without an airplane, and then we picked up Madras Maiden out of Oregon, and uh, we actually toured with that for a year or two, and then got the chance to repaint it as the old pub, uh, which is a great paint scheme, looks great, and then that's when uh, you uh, Lee and uh, Fitz got to go on a ride there. Um, so that's just kind of me. I got involved with RC a couple years ago. Um, that's about right about the time that flight test was coming around. I remember meeting Chad Capper at an event, um, early on, and I don't know what year it was, but 2012 ish probably. And I said, uh, I remember I met him and I said, Hey, I got this neat idea if you ever get into full-scale aviation i got this b-17 i could take you on a ride on and you know he thought oh, was, oh that was cool and i didn't think anything would come of it and then uh, a couple years later i actually got to take the guys on a flight so um in our in the rc world i've been around flight tests ever since they started and kind of watched them grow and and have their growing pains and it, it's kind of neat and um but, you know, RC now, I don't know about you guys, but f finding time is the is the big thing now. I don't... With That's three kids, always been the thing. Yeah, three kids, and they all three play major sports in the fall for sure. Uh, time is, is the one thing I do not have. 
that's kind of how I got here. Um, if you have any questions. Well, yeah, we've talked to about you in a few recent episodes. The most recent I can think of, well, there's two. One is that Flight Test did that giant B-17, and the paint scheme that they used was your grandfather's airplane, right? Yeah, so I, one of their podcasts, when they were talking about, you know, they had the B, idea for the B-17, and I think I put in there in, in a comment that, you know, hey, this plane would be a good idea. And I didn't think anything of it. I wasn't, I certainly wasn't pushing for it or anything, but um, Josh actually reached out to me very late in the process. You know, I, I think like days before they were really going to paint it. And he said, uh, you know, I, I really, I really want to do this. You know, let's, uh, you know, could you give me some information? Let's send me some photos and, you know, we, let's make it happen. And I was like, holy cow. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. And if you, if you watch any of the videos, I understand a lot of why he picked an airplane that, isn't real famous like Memphis Bell or Yield Pub or um, you know something that everyone's seen all over mm. and so I, I think I I respect that they went with an airplane that no one's heard of virtually um, but you know that airplane flew at least 99 missions just oh, the airframe alone before wow. it before it made it home and you know my grandfather flew most of his missions in England now he flew out of Italy as well, but he flew most of his missions out of England in that airplane. And uh, and I'll be honest, like you, uh, you guys know very well how picky I am when it comes to uh, paint schemes on model airplanes. But I will it has say been that embedded into the back of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will think say, of you. <laughs> I will say, with a few, you know, little exceptions, that it really looked the part. I mean, from the color to just the way the markings were on. Um, I had a chance to speak to that guy that, that painted it, that airbrushed it. Um, and they really, I thought they did a really, really good job. And I was, I was very happy with, I was very cautious at first. I will say that. And I was pleasantly surprised with how it looked. And I'm so glad I got to go stop and see it. I couldn't go to Fight Fest. Um, my brother was getting married. And so <laughs> his big, no yeah, his big soiree before he got married was that weekend. But fortunately, we were going to te uh, New York, so it was only like an hour out of the way. So my brother and I got to go see it um, there at Flight Fest, and yeah, it it definitely looks the part looks it looks great. It really does. I I really hope they can keep it and uh, fly it more often. Yeah, I think they did an honor to to that airplane uh, with how well they pulled it off yeah i mean it just it really it it i mean the nose art is is spot on i don't i, I don't think i've seen anything quite like it it's and no exhaust no bad fake exhaust staining i was very <laughs> i was very very clear about that <laughs> So for people who don't know what we're talking about, um, we can post some links to the videos. And is there a video that has you talking about it? Yeah, um, I can't remember which one it is for sure. But yes, there's a one that um, they came over. They come running over with a camera and talk to my brother and I uh, briefly when we were there. So yeah, it's okay. it's in there. And 
the 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 one thing I'll never forget is, um, I'm standing there and I was talking to Josh and and his son, and all these people these these kids are running up and they've got markers and they're they're asking Josh to sign their posters or their planes and you know he's of course oh yeah yeah and he's signing and then he hands me the markers like could you please sign the air sign this B-17 I'm like Josh I don't want to put my name all over the side of the airplane that no I'll ruin it and he's like no I I insist you have to so. I signed my name, my brother signed his name, and then I wrote my grandfather's name um, above the radio room uh, window where he would have sat. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. Very nice. Did you get a chance to see it fly? I didn't. I did not. Uh, we had to, they, they typically only flew it at night, um, and I can only mm-hmm. presume that was for the wind is much calmer here in Ohio in the evening than any other time. So we weren't around for it. You don't mean full dark, just no, no, just dusk. Okay. You know, dusk. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, so that was the one, the most recent incident I can think of where we talked about you. The other is when Lee and I met up at the Air Force Museum. Gosh, how long ago was that? Two months ago. Uh, it was the week before Flight Fest, right? Was it? Gosh, so I guess it's about the same time frame. Uh, you were our personal tour guide at the Air Force Museum and then at the Champagne Air Museum. What, let me, did I get that name right? Yeah, Champagne Aviation Museum, yep. Aviation, okay, so I was close. So, yeah, I, you didn't need a map or anything. You just knew right where to go for all this stuff. So, you know, as a kid, uh, not only do we travel everywhere for aviation things, but I, I would go to the Air Force Museum once or twice a month. Uh, mostly because my parents are cheap and that is free. Um, <laughs> it's always been free. Uh, but actually, when I was real young, uh, my father would take me to, they would bring in um, f- uh, well-known pilots, famous pilots, uh, fighter pilots, test pilots, and they would have a lecture series throughout the year. And so here I am as a, I think the first one I went to, I was six years old. I was six years old, and I went to go listen to Rudolf Opitz. Rudolf Opitz was the Mischer Smith test pilot that flew the ME-163. And I remember that I think that was the first one I went to. But I would go to all these lectures from age six on up to 18, uh, and I'd sit and listen to all these famous pilots give talks. And I'll never forget, these were in the evening, and before... Uh, before it would start, the program would start, which would probably start at seven, let's say. The doors were open, and the museum d- was a free for all. So here I am, seven, eight, nine years old, running through the museum, all on my own. There was not another soul in sight in that entire place, and so I had the whole place to myself for half an hour, forty-five minutes. And so it, what, you know, what did you gravitate towards with that kind of freedom? Uh, running, running as fast as you can, because <laughs> if you could, if you could just imagine for a second being in that place at night as a kid with all the mannequins, it is actually quite terrifying. All <laughs> <laughs> the mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> what was um, that movie with the mannequins? They come alive at night. Uh, had Rob Williams in it. Night at the something. That oh, night at the museum. Yeah. Yeah. Museum. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. An apt title for the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, oh, it, actually, if you don't know, there was a, 
uh, an author in Ohio that used to write books called Haunted Ohio, and they, they notoriously say the Air Force Museum is one of the most haunted places in Ohio. Oddly For enough. For real? For real. Like the airplanes carry the spirits with them? Something like that. I don't... I. I, di- I didn't stop, stop. I didn't hang around to ask. I guess I was, <laughs> but yes. But you know, I I learned so much just going and listening to all the guys. Now I didn't probably pay attention until I was twelve, ten, eleven, or twelve. But um, you know, just to get that experience, and I have all these autographs from all these famous um, pilots. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, someone that everyone would know. Uh, the movie uh, un- was it Unbroken right about the b24 oh, yeah. so that's uh i met him and i didn't even realize that was him until years after the movie was out what was his name zamperini yep something yep like wow. okay. um Good yeah work, so you, you know you come out and you and there's a uh, pictures of me as six years old handing you know this little envelope that i drew a picture on to get autographed by you know this three-time ace it, really neat so you know we always went to the air force museum uh, we were there for every big um, unveiling. I can remember I was actually, my parents, my dad took me out of school. I got to miss school to go and watch the Blackbird fly in to the museum. Um, wow. And that was a big deal back in the, would have been the early 90s. Um, it just, I saw a YouTube link, a YouTube video that had a vi- image, or video of that airplane arriving at behind the museum and just thousands of thousands of people going out to watch this airplane arrive i guess this is a world pre-internet when you couldn't spend yeah. all day on your computer you know people actually went out and did stuff but <laughs> imagine that um neat stuff like that so you know that's how i kind of know the air force museum so well um in, unless you ask me questions about the fuel system on a b-36 yeah and then it's <laughs> like you've never been there before you're <laughs> so, totally lost so. and, and then and, we'll take a minute to talk about the other museum too so Urbana's very uh, the Urbana story is very interesting Urbana's airport um, is there because um, Urbana's the home of Grimes aircraft lighting so Grimes has been the manu- one of the main manufacturers of aircraft lighting uh, since the probably late 30s might even be before Are we talking that. like like dash lights uh, instrument panel lights and interior lights both uh instrument panel lights warning lights interior lights mostly exterior lights is what they're known for so okay if you go and you look at an old airplane especially an old vintage airplane i guarantee 90 percent chance it's going to have a grimes wingtip light on it hmm. um right. and that airport was built um specifically by grimes for the for the city um, and then it was it was privately owned by Grimes, and then Grimes turned it over to the city later on. Uh, but the reason it's such a big aviation hotspot now was actually in 2005, um, Liberty Bell, our B-17, uh, was on tour giving rides, uh, recently just got finished being restored, and actually it came to Urbana, to have the 100-hour inspection on the airframe. So when it came to Urbana, it had 100 hours on the airframe. Now that, if you put that in perspective, you know that's like a still has the new car smell in it. Yeah. 100 hours is not very much. And 
when it was there giving rides and there getting the inspection done, it, it, it caught the interest of a local business guy uh, named Jerry Schiffer. And he owned a plastics company in town, and he's a pilot, and he had been, he was interested, very interested in the B-17 after he took a ride, and the gentleman that was doing, that had done the restoration on Liberty Bell was Tom Riley, a uh, pretty well-known name in the aviation world. You might know him recently. He just finished the restoration on that uh, P-82, that twin Mustang, that Uber rare. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, they finished it? Yes. And mm-hmm. for a cool, like, $12 million, it could be yours, Fitz. <laughs> All right, I'll take two. Um, so he was there doing the inspection, and he kind of, you know, said, uh, told Mr. Schiffer, you know, hey, I've got, I've got uh, parts for another one of these if you're interested. And basically, you know, a deal was made um, for Schiffer to buy the project from Tom Riley, a, a B-17 project. And so that was probably in the summer, around November of the same year the first grouping of parts were arriving in urbana on flatbed and within a day within one day it was the day before or the day after uh mr schiffer was uh, killed in an airplane accident out west oh boy and it was one of those oh man we had this opportunity now you know it's not going to come to fruition it's not going to happen uh fortunately mr schiffer's kids he had three kids they all decided they got together and decided that they want to continue this um they think that's what he wanted wanted to do so you know that was 2005 here we are 2022 and that is what created uh the museum that you guys got to see and that is uh how many years is that 17 someone do the math 17 years of work so far on that B-17. 17 years of continuous work. Um, wow. I really should need to get you guys and maybe post some pictures of what it looked like the day it arrived. You would not tell it's a B-17. You couldn't possibly know that that's what it was. But, um, man, the amount of work it takes to build that thing back up. Right. And the amazing thing is, if you think back to 1944, they were cranking those things out at what rate per day? I think one an hour, wasn't it? At some uh, at one point. Uh, I can't. I was. I want to say it's three or four a day for B-17s. Depending on which plant. Um, yeah. I know B-24s were much. They came off the line much quicker. Up at Willow Run. Yes, those. Yeah, are, I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, interesting stuff. So that's a testament to you guys that you're able to stick with it and stay interested for that long because it's easy to get uh, disenchanted with a project that requires so much time and effort. Yeah. You know, the, I always say the really unfortunate thing is, I mean, you have to kind of look at face the fact that so many of the people that have put thousands upon thousands of hours into this thing to get it to fly may never actually see it fly. I mean, that's right. just cause you know, you're working with, guys that are mostly retired you know this is their retirement and there there are guys there five days a week nine hours a day wow on volunteer status yeah on 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 volunteer status there's only a couple paid and people there total Uh it's dedication yeah so i guess to put it in modeling terms this is not an arf this is what would you call it lee 
Like the Sig Quick Build? No, this is is go chop down a tree scratch build. Yeah, (laughs) right. Find yourself a balsa tree and... Yeah, jeez. If Sterling made a full-scale B-17. Or Gillows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, well, I really appreciate you taking us there because it was super interesting to see the the bones of this thing just to look at the the truss structures of the wing spars and the ribs and all it was just crazy that all, all that intricate stuff is inside there i i always find it interesting if you show stuff like that to people that don't really know aviation they don't know anything about airplanes and you kind of show them this and i remember getting this this aha moment where you realize airplanes and flying isn't an exact science it's you know it's banging things with mallets until they fit and you know cold hard steel pounded together it's it's really neat you don't you don't get to see that anywhere else really and i will say um if you check out the website i I just remember this today because i went there and looked um, just Google Champagne Aviation Museum because everyone spells Champagne wrong. We're, we don't spell Champagne in Ohio with a G. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but Google that, and on their website they have a 3D tour. And I've been to other museums that try to do the 3D tour thing, but I will say I'm not sure who they did had do it. But it is one of the best 3D virtual tours I have ever seen on the internet. So, okay. strongly cool. suggest to... checking that out. It's very well done. There's so many little hot spots. You know, sometimes when you see a tour, there's a hot spot or, you know, a look spot here, and then there's one 30 yards away. This one has, like, a hot sp- a spot every five feet or so. Cool. It's really so neat. I'll have to put a link for that, too. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. Check it out. Um, you can really you can see everything in the, in the hangar, really. Well, the, for those of you listening, it's Champagne <laughs> AviationMuseum.org. So, Champagne with a G, AviationMuseum.org. And I was looking at some of the photos, and you're right, the before photos, you're right, you had no idea what that thing was. It was pretty no, smashed up. Um, the B-17 that we're building uh, is actually a several airframes put together. Um, I know one of the main pieces... Uh, was one of the you guys have probably seen it liberty bell was the same thing but it was a test engine bed so they would put a giant engine on the front like a giant uh piston um jet engine on the front and then the so the nose of the b-17 was essentially gone it was just a giant engine on the front and then they would take it up and shut down all the four main engines and that giant engine on the nose would actually fly the whole airplane really i never seen the same like gas that. what was that did they use the same gas oh <laughs> <laughs> i believe so i believe we figured that i, I believe they yeah. did okay. um but yes very neat and then um you know they actually converted that back um after that to a fire bomber um that um had an incident in the black hills um but then you know, it was all parted out, and I think that's the main part for us. Um, I believe that's where the serial number comes from, is that airframe. Um, but, you know, there's there's parts from anything we don't have, we have to make. And even, even if we do have um, 
we use it to make a new part nine times out of ten. So yeah, I was impressed with your machine shop that was there. Yeah, I mean, you got to have that stuff to even compete, <laughs> to even have a fighting chance to getting this stuff made. We don't have, you know, it's a lot of this stuff would have been pressed on giant presses. We don't have that option, so you got to mold it yourself out of aluminum. Wow. And aluminum ain't cheap anymore. Oh, I don't, I can't, I don't even want to fathom how much it's gone up. So, Adam, I want to say while you've been chatting, I decided to go ahead and click on that 3D view. And I'm going to completely agree with Adam. That is one of the best 3D tours I have experienced. It's done by a company called RealityCaptureExperts.com. And it's like I was there visiting the museum. And I got to say, one of the fun uh, areas that you had that I know Austin loved was the waste gunner display. <laughs> Because I know he enjoyed, you know, pretending to shoot <laughs> through the little side piece that you have there. That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't think they had any idea what it was like to to hold that gun. You know. Yeah, my dad actually built that. Oh, um, that's so cool. Yeah. That waste gun thing. Yeah, it's really neat. I have a great photo of my son doing Austin doing that. Of course, my other son, uh, as much as he appreciated the B-17, he was just, you know, drooling over the B-25. <laughs> Yeah, the I'm I'm very surprised in a in a quick offshoot. I'm very surprised when um, actually the last time I was on with you guys was not very long after the 909 incident happened, hmm. and I was I've been very that's the one that crashed in Connecticut. Correct. Right. Um, I was very I'm very happy and glad to see that. Um, They've actually been selling rides very well on that B25 this this year. So I'm happy to see. I was very concerned, um, you know, kind of being in that business with Liberty Foundation. Um, Warbird rides taking a hit and and going the way of the dodo. But um, Champagne's done very well, and they've they just sold. They just got back from flying four flights last weekend, I think. Well, wow. Is that B-25 based there? Yes, it is. Okay, nice. Now, the one thing I remember, or the thing I remember most from being in the museum, is just as you walk in, there's a display of, uh, I assume it's out of a B-17, but a ball turret? Yes, that, uh, that ball turret actually came out of a, um, so the mo the TV series, 12 O'Clock High. Okay. Um, that actually came from that airframe, I believe, and that actually hmm. hung... Uh, hung above a bar in Colorado. I oh believe Greenlee. Is there a Greenlee, Colorado? Greeley? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. There's a Greeley for sure. Yeah, I think it's Greeley. There was a bar, there was a B-17 fuselage that hung above the bar, and that's where that ball turret came out of, interestingly wow. enough. But the thing that strikes you when you look at it is usually it would be somebody kind of small just to squeeze in there, but... The chambers for those 250 caliber machine guns are like right next to their head. I can't imagine that any of those guys had any sort of hearing capability when they were done. Yeah, I don't think that's that's until, you know, um, I've showed a couple people that. And I definitely I think that's one thing you don't think about until you actually you can you open the hatch and look in there and realize, yeah, your head is maybe six inches from each the butt of each barrel. You yeah, know, just right I just there. Just can't imagine the volume. 
And, you know, if you think about half these guys, they couldn't fit their parachute in there with them anyway. And and so oh, it's just that small. Just, However, interesting tidbit, it was statistically the safest place on the airplane. You, t- you statistically had a better chance of surviving a mission in the ball turret than anywhere else on the airplane. Interesting. Huh. I wonder what contributes to that. Well, most attacks were from the front or from the back. So the nose and the tail had the highest uh, okay. highest rate. And then you're also covered in the in the ball turret. You're covered by uh, steel, too. So yeah. you're kind of fairly well protected in there. Yeah, I think the guns offer some protection, right? Because they're right next to you and kind of large. Well, maybe. <laughs> especially, if, especially if you get him before he gets you. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of a side, from a side shot. You might have a little bit of protection near your head. Yeah, the opposite would be interesting to see too. But I doubt there's any data on it of of the different guns placed around a B seventeen. Which mm-hmm. ones were most effective? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that. Yeah, but I think all the claims were wildly inaccurate anyway. Just because you have, you know, a hundred different airplanes claiming one fighter shot down, but. Yeah. Anyway, it would just be interesting if you had that God's eye view to know what those numbers were. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys got to come and, and see it and experience it. It's not a... I always tell people it's not a a real glamorous museum. It's not organized like uh, the Air Force Museum or the Naval Aviation Museum in Pensacola or anything like that. But it's kind of a working museum. So... You have to remember it's <laughs> the museum is kind of the uh, uh, the afterthought there, you know, and our main goal is to get that B-17 flying. Yeah, those are typically my favorite kinds of museums anyway. The ones without the velvet ropes uh, where you can just kind of walk around and see and touch things. And just like my favorite hobby shops are the, the old ones that have piles of stuff laying around on the ground and the, the back room is filled with things. So, yeah, you feel like you're part of something when you do that. You're not a spectator. So thank you for that experience. It was good having you. Uh, now we have to get we have to get Fitz up there next. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one left out. Nah, 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 nah. All right, so let's pivot out of full scale for a minute. What's your current RC fleet look like? Uh, way too many airplanes. Not enough time. No um, such thing as too many airplanes. Yeah. Well. Does not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a uh, interesting. I, I'll have to share the with share some photos with you guys later. But I've recently in my basement because I had to get it. This was actually in my dad's full scale hangar. But I have a twelve foot wingspan uh, Curtis Hawk, not a Hawk, Curtis Falcon, uh, giant is, scale RC which plane. Which one's the Falcon? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Look it up because it is a pretty rare. I've never seen an RC airplane of this of of one, and so this is a one-off. It's enormous. Oh, biplane. I don't have anywhere for it, so I have to figure out what to do with it. That's that's it, the status of my. It's a twelve-foot wingspan. Yes. Is it like half scale? Probably. I don't know what how what scale it is, honestly. Um, oh. Someone gave it to me that was holding it for someone else, and that the, the builder passed away, and the guy that was holding it, they just wanted to get rid of it, and so 
I'm not gonna pass up on it. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it's a nice looking biplane. Nice looking. But the the fact is, I'm I'm never gonna fly it, and it's gonna get more hurt just hanging around. So yeah. I need to find it a good home. That's interesting. We just we're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, we become the RC Roundtable Classifieds. <laughs> yeah, I, I, will. I don't know. Terry, well, Terry's got some more room now. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but speaking of Curtis, so you're in Dayton, home of the Wright brothers, and you, on your way to your brother's gig, stopped at the Curtis Museum in Hammondsport, New York. So do you care to share any observations from that visit? You know, I almost wore my Curtis t-shirt tonight. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, those were fighting words. <laughs> so, yeah. So my brother said, hey, you know, this, uh, on the way home, let's, we're gonna. We're not too far from this Curtis Museum. Let's let's swing by. I was like, yeah, sure. It's out in the middle of you know a, a tiny town, which Glenn Curtis was from, as I understand it. And this museum they just built. They had a smaller museum in an older building, but they had just built this new one. It's it's very state of the art. This is the when I was I called Terry after I got home because I was like I had to tell him about this, but it's. It's almost like the perfect example of what you want a museum to look like visually. It was very visually appealing. Um, just, I don't, I don't know how to put it into words. Very artsy fartsy, but at the same time, <laughs> it worked, I guess. Um, yeah, and it's not a too lot of, specific. They got airplanes, yeah. cars, motorcycles, boats. Right, and it's just, yeah, it's like campers. Yeah, it visually looked, everything looked amazing. And I really enjoyed it. We went and talked to um, some of the guys that work there. They're actually restoring a P-40 Warhawk that they pulled out of a swamp in Florida. Hmm. Uh, we stopped and talked to them for a little while. And it was funny because uh, you know, they didn't... It, 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 I got the sense that everyone that was working on it had had not spent very much time outside of, of the city <laughs> of which they were from. Um but so we the the interesting part of this story is we uh, we have a long drive home from what's is it Hammondsport you said is that the name of the town Hammondsport yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so we have a long drive home from from there and it's like seven hours or so or and so one of the guys that was in the our van with us bought the DVD story of Glenn Curtis and so we get in the van and we we pop it in to entertain ourselves. And I'm, this is no joke, like 45 seconds into the film, and you can tell it is it is a 60-minute long film of just bashing the Wright brothers. <laughs> it is. <laughs> they, they hate them so much. <laughs> and I think they even, they, even, they even blame the death of one of the Wright brothers on... Uh, uh, on their anger towards Glenn Curtis, it was just there was there was so many times my brother and I just looked at each other, jaws open, like, oh my goodness, these guys, they really did not like the Bright Brothers, <laughs> and it was just it was just so funny. I remember I had to call Terry and tell him, it's like, have you been here? They really don't <laughs> like the Wright Brothers. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. And I guess if you read on some of the history, they talk about all the lawsuits that happened back in the pioneer days between the Wrights and Curtis. What? And then at some point, they came up with the conglomeration, Curtis Wright, but I don't think any of the, I don't think Wilbur or Orville or Glenn were part of that, right? 
I don't think so. It was later on, but yeah, yeah it was just it was very interesting. I yeah. I didn't didn't see that one coming from the uh, box art on the DVD. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, I will say, amazing museum. Check it out if you're in the area. Yeah. So I, I think we sense a theme here. Go to the Curtis Museum. Go to the Air Force Museum. Go to the Champagne Museum. And tell me which one. Tell tell us which one's the best. Yes. <laughs> we'll need your report. All right, hey, I think we were it, trying to it, talk about RC though, and we somehow got back on full scale. Yeah, I don't know. That's just the nature of the nature of the beast. Um, yeah. I I haven't really flown anything uh, really amazing anytime, so I've got a lot of airplanes in the boxes still that I need to probably get out of the box. Um, but you know, that's okay. In the box <laughs> is still safe. That accounts. It's uh, it's it's also finding people to fly with. Um, I I know that ha- that has to be a thing, um, with a lot of people these days. Is it's um, I always heard people say RC is not a, a great hobby to be in by yourself, and I thought, nah, I mean that doesn't make any sense. You don't need anybody else. And then as I got older, and you realize this hobby is a lot more fun when there's somebody with you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I specifically remember when I got heavy into it in the late 90s, I'd go out to the field on a Saturday with you know, a box full of batteries, and I'd go and I'd just fly one after the other. I'm like, why are all these guys just sitting around chatting? You know, <laughs> I would be flying one after the other, and these other people might fly once, you know, every third flight of mine. And they're like, what are they doing? That seems so boring. And over the years, I've trended towards the, the latter. The social club? Yeah. That was out at JSC, Fitz. Oh, really? Which, you, yeah, it was super active back in that time. So there'd be 10 or 15 cars out there on any given Saturday morning. But you know, often I was you know, the only one actively flying. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, I know what you mean. I have to find some new friends in Green Bay. <laughs> Will you be my friend? <laughs> no, I think I said before, there is a club here. I just need to make my way over there and join up. All right, Lee, you've been super quiet. I like it when we have guests and they fill us full of knowledge. Yeah. I've been educated. I was going to yeah. ask Adam, though, uh, in the Champagne Museum, what is, besides the B-17 work, uh, is there any other aircraft or artifact that you'll have there that you'd like to talk about? Um, You know, we have a couple airplanes that we now have. Uh, you guys saw it. It was there when you were there. We have a... They call it a COD. It stands for Carrier on Delivery. Is that Carrier on Board on Delivery? Like a like an S two yeah. without the antenna. Yes, correct. Okay. So we have one of those now. That was uh, I believe it was donated um, from down near Alabama, and it was kind of donated to the museum with the stipulation you have to keep it airworthy. Oh. So they've been working on and off on that. Um, let's see. We have a Fairchild twenty four. Uh, neat little airplane. Uh, Stinson, you guys talked about, that was a, an actual uh, quote-unquote combat vet as doing sub-patrols. Um, where there's an A-26 out front, or out back, that's an interesting... Um, they flew that in from Canada. It was one of those fire bombers. And it flew in from Canada. They, they got it there, got it here from Canada. It's never moved since. Oh, man. 
What was the intent? Uh, I think the intent was the, you know, they got a, quote, really good deal on it. And, you know, something they really did, didn't want to pass up on at the time. And um, I think once the B-17 got bigger and they got the B-25, um, they kind of took a back seat to gotcha. everything. Same thing, we like you guys saw, we have a DC-3. Um, it kind of took a back seat once the B-25 came around and, you know, it's actually working and flying. And um, as for anything that's really interesting there... I can't. I can't think of anything. There is. A, I don't know if you guys noticed it. There's a tail portion that they went up and got out of a, a crash site in Alaska. And these guys, they they knew of the crash site. They knew the tail was there. Um, it was very inaccessible, so they had to hike in and hike out. And they they hooked up the tail to a giant helicopter, and then they helicoptered the tail portion out. Um, but you know that that was a big to do that. I mean, they had to carry shotguns for because of bears, and it was it was pretty scary. But they got a, this giant tail section out, and they they were able to use parts that was in the tail um, that we didn't have. But for that's which airplane for the B seventeen. Ah, okay. So I'm kind of curious when you go and go to a wreck site like that and salvage parts, do you have to clear it? Would, does the Air Force still claim ownership of it? I don't know. That's a good question. I would assume they would have to be cleared with someone, maybe not the military. Um, I know it's different for every country as well um, because Liberty Foundation years ago uh, went up and got a B-17 that uh, landed on a frozen lake. And our founder, Don Brooks, got... It took him several years to get the salvage rights from... I believe it was outside Labrador. Um, okay. And what they did is really neat. They they f put these um, bags underneath the airplane and filled them with air and floated the fuselage up to the surface and then floated it down a river to a barge wow. to get it out. That's interesting stuff. Hopefully they were able to use some parts off of it. Um, yeah, so actually uh, that plane is being, as I understand it, restored to being uh, flown down in Douglas, Georgia. So it's kind wow. of being restored alongside Liberty Bell currently. Oh, interesting. Pretty cool. All right. You boys ready to change topics? Sure. Do we have a commercial break, Fitz? That's <laughs> <laughs> up to you. Do you need a commercial break? Do we need a commercial break? <laughs> let's let's fit in a break. <laughs> let's get in touch with our inner consumer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the great rundown, Adam. I think we will take a quick break and be right back. I mentioned in our last show that I recently moved from Buffalo to Green Bay, Wisconsin, 
And during that show, everything was still helter-skelter. Stuff was in boxes and things were chaos. So the chaos is only slightly better. Still, most things are in boxes. But I am slowly getting my workshop back together. And I don't know if I mentioned this part before, but the house where I'm living now is on a small lake. And I've been dying to try something on that lake, whether it's a, a boat or an airboat or even a float plane. Um, it was killing me. And so once I had one vehicle that I could take out there, I took that opportunity. And that vehicle was my Hansa Brandenburg W29 that I built at the Neat Fair last year in that group build. And that's also the one where I had the fun story where I let my transmitter battery die and it went free flight for like three minutes. So that airplane survived the move quite well. It just had a little bit of a foam rash on one of the floats, but I found the transmitter, charged the battery, found a, the airplane battery, and I took it out, and I've flown it off the lake probably half a dozen times now. In the afternoon, it gets super calm, and it's just a perfect little spot. This lake is just the right size where uh, this is a nice slow-flying airplane. I can take off and fly around. I'm not flying over anybody's dock or house. Um, it's very cozy. So that's been a nice reintroduction back to the world of flying. And that's the only flying I've done since I've been here. But uh, I'm glad that I have the opportunity. And I'm trying to be very respectful so I don't make anybody mad and that I can keep flying in the backyard. No, well, it's electric. So, yeah, I rub it in, man. Me. Enjoy it. Well, oh, no, you could still be a goober with an electric plane. It, th I would not fly anything much bigger than this on this size lake or much faster either. Um, so I'm trying to decide whether or not my pond master which is the twin puddle master i'm trying to decide whether or not that one's a little bit too big and or fast i'm not sure but i've also flown my umx timber on floats and that's really good out here so yeah i'm sure i have a, a plethora of vehicles i could use out here i've got a couple boats i've got that kyosho surfer dude which is like a guy on a surfboard you still have that is, oh yeah yeah and then I got that new Kyosho boat that Thayer brought a couple weeks or a couple months back. And what else do I have? Oh, I've got my um, Alpha Patrol boat that I did like the Apocalypse Now PBR boat. And I've got several float planes slash seaplanes. I'm just trying to decide which of those are appropriate for this setting. But long story short, I've been flying off the pond. It's good fun. And uh, I hope to continue doing that. And I did get my workbench back together. You know, that was the crate that I used to move a lot of my stuff. Like all the balsa planes and the more fragile ones went inside that crate. So I had to take it out of the pod. And then my workshop is in the basement. So just the reverse of being in Buffalo. I had this big workbench in my basement. I had to disassemble it to get it upstairs into the driveway. Put it back together. Make it a crate by adding sides to it stuff it full of airplanes and put it in the pod, get here, take it out of the pod, take the sides off, take all the stuff out, disassemble the table, take it down to the basement and put it back together. So I counted the other day. This is the, I got to count again. One, two. This is the fifth house that workbench has been to. And if I have anything to say about it, it'll be the last. So I am tired of taking that thing apart. And I'm tired of moving. So I'm planning to stay here a long time. 
Well, it sounds like you found a great location, so. I, I like to think so, and I, I hope I'm right about that. So, and of course, a few months from now, this lake will freeze over, and that might offer some different opportunities for fun things. You know, I've got that one RC car that I converted to kind of a snow buggy thing. I think that'll be fun out here. And then airboats will be fun. So, you saw yeah. that, uh, that snow plow tank thing? Oh, yeah, the old Kyosho Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got all sorts of toys for all seasons. And uh, I'm slowly getting things unpacked, but very slowly. It's going to be months before I'm squared away with all this stuff and kind of figure out where I want to put things and have it arranged and the right lighting and all that stuff. But that's fine. Uh, the hard part, I think, is behind me of just getting it here. And almost everything survived with very little or no damage. There's only one model that had noticeable damage, and that was my UMX Cessna, the little EDF, what do you call it, a longitude, twin EDF UMX jet. And that is repairable, but it did absorb some damage. Um, let's see. I guess that's kind of it. I did get some new toys. Would you like to hear about them? Please. All right. Well, first I'm going to tell you how I ended up with them, and then we're going to play a game. So I actually bought this, the airplane I'm thinking of, I bought it a couple months ago while I was still in Buffalo. It was listed on RC Groups, and I don't usually haunt the RC Groups classifieds. I just, I forget why I was there, but I stumbled across this ad. I'm like, oh, well, I, I can't pass that up. And so I messaged the guy and I said, I want this. Um, and he was located in Chicago and like, here's the deal. I want it. I'll pay you for it now, but I'm going to be passing through Chicago in a few months and then I'll probably be traveling back and forth. So if you don't mind holding on to it for a little while, you know, I'll pay you for it now. And he was okay with that. And so that was the deal we worked out and I picked it up a few weeks ago and I'm super happy with it. It is some unobtainium that fits right up my alley of the things I love. So the game we're going to play is some version of 20 questions where you guys figure out what this mystery airplane is. Is it made by Kyosho? No. Oh, Fitz <laughs> took my question. <laughs> Does it have a brushed motor? Um... No, but I'm going to mm-hmm. give you more than a yes or no answer and say it was stock brushed. But okay. it does not have that anymore. Adam? Uh, is it miniature in scale? No. Is it from this century? No. I don't think so. And I'll elaborate there too it's either late last century or very early this century but I think late last more accurate Lee is it blue <laughs> come on is it more than, some obvious questions I, here on, come here give me a break is it more than two channels yes alright it's probably three <laughs> uh, was this was it from an online retailer? Um, yes, but that was the only, was not the only way you could. Okay. Is it from Europe? Yes. Oh. Is it from Europe? 
imported from from Hobby Lobby? No. Uh, I've, I've, I'm out of idea. Uh, does it have landing gear? No. Oh, good one, Adam. Don't you guys want to know what it's made of? It's like everybody's screaming. <laughs> now stop it. <laughs> this is our game. We're asking the questions. <laughs> You're not playing right. Is it made of? Was blue. Is it made of plastic? No. Okay. <laughs> so you asked me to ask. Is it a glider type? No. Oh. No landing gear. You guys are going to feel so oh, dumb. Pusher or poor? Pusher. Oh. Plot thickens. Pusher, not a glider. Balsa. Comes from Europe. No. Hmm. So what European company made... If it wasn't balsa, it was made of... Foam? Okay, so what European company made foam airplanes in the 90s? Alpha models? Yeah, they did, but that's not. Okay. this is not an alpha. All right, I'll try. Uh, Gropner? Oh, come on, Fitz. It's right in your face. Uh, you too, Lee. Styrofoam? Uh, <laughs> styro models? What? Flying styro? Lee, what do you fly at the beach? Uh, a multiplex easy glider. Okay, so we're getting closer. Easy star, now. excuse I'm, me. I'm playing easy star. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that kind of pusher. Is it? Oh, uh, so is it my multiplex? Ding, ding, ding. Okay. How so many have a multiplex pusher? Does it have more than one motor? It does. Oh, I think I know what it is, but I can't remember the name. Is it a V tail? No. Okay. All right, Adam, come on, join in. It's a multiplex I, something. I think I know what it is. I, I, God, I can't remember the name. You lost me at European. So if you can't think of the name, is it com- describe it. Is it like a well, it, multi-jet? Is it a twin jet? Uh, that would qualify, but no, it's not that. That would be a fun one to have, oh, too. I thought multiplex made. Oh, is it multiplex? Give me a second, because it may not have been multiplex, what I'm thinking. But there is a was a twin pusher, sort of shoulder wing. It was kind of glider-ish, though, or like a warm liner-looking thing. Oh, goodness, you guys. Uh, I thought for sure Fitz right. would So this. before uh, people start screaming and running their car off the road from listening, yeah. can, you just, <laughs> can you just help us? Yeah, tell us. Yeah, you guys are much worse at this game than I imagined. <laughs> it is a multiplex sonic liner. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, the canard futuristic gotcha. airliner looking thing. I can't believe gotcha. I forgot that. Yes, doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, Tom Blakeney have one of those? I, of course he, he does. I think he does. Yeah, I think I've seen him pick any airplane best. ever made, and Tom has one. <laughs> um, so originally, you know, it was a molded foam airplane. It has canards and these crazy standard wings in the back. Um, I always wanted one, and. It, they were designed for twin Speed 400 with eight subsea NICADs. And so I found this one. It's in really good shape. It had been crashed before, but very well repaired. And it had also been upgraded with a pair of Hi-Max brushless motors that are mm. Speed 400 equivalents size-wise. Um, and had 30-amp speed controls in it. So I'm... Super stoked to have it. I haven't flown it yet, of course. Um, 
but I've been going through it. The person that I bought it from said, use it with a two cell lipo. And so when I got home, I was looking at the specs on the motors and I'm like, hmm, I think I can go to three cells and still not push these motors too hard. So I did a watt meter reading on them yesterday and I confirmed that I think I'll be all right with three cells at almost three times the power. So I think I'm going to run a three cell 2200 and that seems to be good for balance. It added a couple holes in there to get some cooling air to the motors, but I'm super excited because it's funky and unusual and already upgraded yeah. and it's mine. Yeah. And the one I saw at Tom's, it looked like it flew pretty good. Yeah. It's just surprisingly big. It's yeah, just it's a big, a big airplane, mother, es- yeah. especially for speed 400s, but they flew and yeah. Yeah, did you know that was very close to a proposed Boeing design? Yeah, it looks similar to a Starship. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks it, just like a Starship. Yeah, no, if look, you stretched out a Starship to be twice the length, I think. It, look look it up the Boeing like Sonic Cruiser. That, Tell me that yeah, they probably look, ripped off some proposal drawings of that. It looks a lot like the Sonic Cruiser. Yeah. Now, I've seen, but, back when they were popular, I saw some examples where people kind of rescaled it. Where instead of an airliner, it was like some sort of Star Wars thing, single cockpit. <laughs> and there's lots of opportunity to do fun things with it. Um, so I don't have any gumption to do that with it yet. I just want to fly it, experience it. But I am really happy with it. I think you need That's to vector great. those engines. I, I did add um, differential fun. thrust. Well, that, well, that's a start. <laughs> but I think if yeah. you vector that sucker, sucker that'd be awesome. Yeah. The... That's in the trailing edge of the wing, and it's kind of loosey-goosey, so they might be self-vectoring. We'll see. Um, but here's the fun part. So, you know, I told you I made the guy hold on to it for a while. I went and picked it up a few weeks ago, and when I got there, you're going to love this. Um, the the Sonic liner was on the kitchen table. He's like, well, here's this, and do you want to come down to the basement and see what else I have? <laughs> Show him else. What else has he won, Bob? What's the you in right. basement? Come on down. <laughs> We're the basement ground. And so then, of course, I chuckled, knowing our history uh, about that, and I said out loud to him, you know, I, I'm not in the habit of following strangers into their basement, but, you know, airplanes are my weakness. And then he made a funny joke about um, lotion or something like that, uh, you know. Um, but anyway, we got down there and he's going to be moving in the next year or something. So I sympathize with that. But he had some other stuff. He's like, if you want these things, you can just have them. I'm like, oh, okay. And he gave me some really neat airplanes that are from the same genre of stuff that I like. So you guys are familiar with the SIG something extra? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the name. I'm trying to remember what it looks like. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I have one a... sitting behind me right here on the floor. Really? Okay. I do. So I guess 20 or so years ago, they had a version that was made for half-A glow engines. Oh, really? Called the Little Something or Little Extra. I don't know. It's yeah. a smaller version. I think it's about 40-inch wingspan. But made for glow, a lot of people converted them to electric. This is one that had been converted to electric, and it looks super. I mean, the covering on it is real tight. It Obviously, never been crashed, and but it's a bind and fly airplane. It had a spectrum receiver in it, the brushless motor, all that. He said, "Here, just take it." I'm like, okay, thank you very much. And there was a a striker. I forget who made it. Was that Park Zone that made the strikers? Correct. It was or Park, Hobby Zone. It was, it was Park Zone. Yeah, 
one of the original versions that had the camouflage paint scheme. I had one of those, but, yeah. But it has also been upgraded to brushless. Um, so I think that'll be a great knock around airplane or combat airplane. And once again, bind and fly. And let's see. Oh, and the other one was, believe it or not, Lee, I can't identify this one, but it's a balsa, built up balsa profile 3D plane. Um, again, a bind and fly, all the stuff is in it. Um, it just needs a battery. I. It looks kind of like Sukhoi-ish. So if anybody out there knows who made a part flyer scale profile Sukhoi, maybe I can post a picture. Um, it's one of those. And all these planes are in great shape. Um, he just didn't want to go through the hassle of moving them or selling them, so he let me walk away with them. We just gave them to you? Dang. You can't say a word, Fitz. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but anyway, um, so uh, yeah, I'm thankful I will... I will fly them. I will enjoy them. Um, so, yeah, I drove home a happy <laughs> <George>. person. <laughs> I will love them and pet them and squeeze them. Um, I bought, <laughs> all right, while I'm yapping, I, give me another minute. I bought another thing. Speaking of toys for the lake, this was being sold by somebody in Wisconsin, but it's a sailboat Ooh. and it's a pro boat westward. 18 inch long, so it's a pretty small boat as sailboats go. Um, but I got a good deal on it. It comes with a two channel transmitter and, you know, I guess you would call it bind and float as a BNF. Just needed. Yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Just needed uh, batteries for the receiver and the transmitter, and it looks like it's good to go. Interestingly, it has a winch for the sails and then a rudder servant. It's unusual for I such a small to... boat to have a winch. Yeah, that's what I thought. Even yeah. the bigger sailboat that I used to have, the Aqua Craft, what was that one called? I don't remember. But the, yeah, it had some, a normal servo for the sails. Anyway, this one has a winch and it seems to work really well and I'm anxious to try it. All the reports that I read about it say that it does well. Yeah, I see so, a picture. It looks like a nice little boat. Yeah. Not really particularly detailed for anything but that could be fun uh, okay yeah and you guys had talked about the dragon force 65s is that what it is that was very popular yeah joy's way the joy's way dragon yeah. yeah 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 so that was the first thing that popped in my mind when i decided i wanted to look for a sailboat but that gum those things are expensive i don't know if they always were or maybe just the resale on them is very high but they're they're not giving them away Oh. Um, There's a 65 and I think a 95, right, Lee? Yeah, I I sold my 65 at uh, Perry for Oh, that's right. Not a bad price, so you just got to you got to keep yeah. looking. There there. Yeah, okay. Check well, those basements. Not anymore. Yeah, I was at a fly in uh I think it was Small Steps. The guy had a 65 there. I almost bought it. I I called Lee and he says that he preferred a 95, so I said, "Okay, I'll pass on it." Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't need to look anymore because I have this one, and I'll uh, give it a go. I don't know nothing about no sailing, but I'll figure it out. I learned. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I have done it before, but not enough to be proficient at it. So. <sighs> Let's see. Did I cover everything? Oh, not really. Hmm. Um, on the same trip where I picked up the... This was all in one round-robin trip that I did to Chicago. On the way down, I picked up the sailboat. 
And I also stopped in Fond du Lac, which is about an hour south of me, just south of Oshkosh, EAA Museum. They were having an event there, an RC event. And it was called Warbirds and Classics Over the Midwest. Um, so I stopped by there just as a spectator. And I, as soon as I pulled up, I was amazed because it's, of course, way out in the country. Um, this is a big event. There were tons of people there. And I thought it was just kind of a local club level thing. But no, this is a big deal. Um, so I stopped in. I was only able to stay about an hour and a half, two hours. I was able to hang out with my buddy Dan Sponholz, who lives in the area, and he goes to this event all the time. And it's mostly larger scale gassers, and there were lots of those, and lots of just really cool stuff. Fitz, I took pictures of one tent that was full of Axis planes. They had an ME-262, a couple FW-190s, a TA-152, which you almost never see. Yeah. And... uh uh, there was a giant B-36 there and some other really? really big stuff. And they were nice enough to let my daughter and I go out near the flight line to take pictures. So we were out there and a couple of giant scale B-25s were pulled out to, to get prepped for flying. And I took a couple pictures of them for Ryan Lee. And only when they taxied out to, to go fly did I notice that they were both electrics. These are, what are the Zerolis, 102-inch or 108-inch, I forget, but 100-and-something-inch wingspan. And they're both electric-powered. And I talked to the pilots later. They both have E-Flight Power 160 motors, one on each side, and 10-cell, I think 6,000 or maybe 5,000 milliamp hours on each side. Wow. And they, yeah, they flew great. They, if, if not for the lack of sound, you would not think that they're underpowered or yeah they flew great and decently long flights too so i got some video of it i think or video of them they flew together and they actually stayed in formation pretty well so i thought lee would be inspired and amazed by them well i appreciate that we'll have yeah. to get that on our facebook page yeah oh so we can ask adam here one of them was the standard bomber version with the glazed nose what model of a B-25 would that be? Is that an H? Uh, yeah, it could be an H or a J. I think J is the most most produced one. Okay. Yeah, so they had one that was, I think, olive drab with that nose. And the other one had the short nose with the 75-millimeter cannon. What was that? I don't remember what model it is off the top of my head. But, yes. You, you disappoint I'm well. It's it's the B thirty six gas all over again. What can I say? <laughs> Man, I should know that because I was looking at that before for my B twenty five. Was that the I? I don't know. I know. I could tell you that one. The one that's still flying was for sale not that long ago. Oh. Okay. What I can does tell a B twenty five go for these days? Uh, whatever you want to pay for it. Okay. Um. I don't know. Maybe, probably three hundred thousand. Maybe. Uh, really, for an airworthy B twenty five? Well, in today's market, I don't know. I, I that's probably what it was a couple of years ago. Gee, that okay. I'm, I 
Maybe because there's more of them. I than could totally, I, I could be totally wrong too. Don't. Well, that's okay. Even if you're off by a factor of two or three, that I would have guessed several million, but I don't know nothing about yeah, nothing. I wonder, if there's a lot of them around. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm sure they're not cheap to operate, but uh, that'd be fun just to have one in your backyard. Go ahead, Fitz. <laughs> so well, well, that's odd. I looked it up and it says G, but I also saw a G with the glass nose so i wonder what's going on oh okay well while you guys talk about the next thing and i'll, I'll give you a great segue speaking of playing with boats fits i think you have a new event coming up while you're talking about talking that i'll me? look up the response i got from the pilots and i can tell you exactly what models they are you're talking to me no the other fits oh okay we'll let him talk so, yes, talking about boats, um, I host a boat meet here in South Houston. Say so it. Once a, say no, it. No. Say it. I'll uh, say it then. Come uh, on, I made a nice flyer for you. You did. It's lovely. I, All right. I'm probably going to screw it up It now. starts with it's your name. <laughs> here, uh, let's each say one word. I'll start. Fitz's. Fantastic. Flotilla. Adam. Of fun. Very <laughs> good. You are paying attention. Teamwork. <laughs> yes. The is it fantastic? F- I thought it was fabulous. No. Uh, it's insert fantastic. your favorite F word here. No. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Fof. That's what we, the, the abbreviation is. Fof. <laughs> so, yeah, it's coming up uh, October 10th, if I remember correctly. Yeah, day before. Uh, not October. September, not October. September 10th is our uh, quarterly boat meet. Uh, we should have information on RC Roundtable uh, Facebook page, or you can send us an email. If you're in the Houston area, stop on by. It's totally free. We usually uh, have a good crowd out floating our boats, and uh, we have a lot of fun. And uh, Lee, you think you'll be able to make it? I don't remember if you, I, you had some. I've made plans to ship my son to baseball with somebody else. So, yes, <laughs> I will be there. So I not at least like, like abandoning his son. I, I mainly because I need to shut Terry up about my FPV tugboat. So yeah, finally Fitz, get that thing on the water. If he shows up without that, if he doesn't have that FPV rig, you kick him out. He has refused entry to the event. It is ready. It is set to go. I'll just yeah. <laughs> tape every anything else that's not done. No, it's complete. It's ready to go. Uh, the only thing I haven't found is somewhere in the garage is that little floating, uh, the floating rig I have in the front fits. The, you know, the arm? The retrieval? Yeah. yeah. I, I misplaced that somewhere. So I could mean, I can run it without it. We, I did it before. But uh, that would be good if I had to go retrieve stuff. We can record stuff. I think if I use Austin's headset, it's got a built-in recorder in the visor. So I can, Oh, I thought you had a GoPro mounted in there too. No, no. I just have the uh, camera. I could probably you know what for you i'll mount a little quarter 20 thread in there i'll just drill a hole because that's what you do right <laughs> drill a hole <laughs> in mount, that bolt, huh? mount a camera somewhere <clears throat> in fact you know it's it's odd that you said that because i just recently charged all my run cam batteries so i'll all just right. velcro one of those bad boys on there for your viewing pleasure there you go does the fpv record in hd or some smaller oh, <laughs> 70 pixels by 48 pixels no yeah it's really low resolution but i mean i if i use austin's headset i can record 
the what I see. So that'll be an interesting view as well. Okay. All right. I found the B25 info. So let me interject real quick. Um, they're 101 inch span, 29 to 30 pounds each. They run a master air screw 1610 by three props. Whoa. Castle Creations, 120 MPSCs. All right. There's an aluminum finish one, which is the gun nose. That's a B25G as in golf. Yep. And then the other one is in a desert scheme. Oh, why did I say olive drab? It's in a desert scheme. And with the glass nose, that's the B25C as in Charlie hmm. version. So anyway, very impressive airplanes. And uh, Lee, I'll send you a picture. I think I was... I Okay, so there was one that sold... Barbie sold it several years ago for 700,000 dish. So okay. I was a little off. A little right. off. Is that with full tanks? <laughs> okay Fitz carry on I didn't mean to interrupt no that was about it it's boats okay. we put them in water they run around <laughs> the chicks go crazy chicks go absolutely nuts and it's right next to Ellington Field so you occasionally get to see some interesting stuff flying around hmm. including B-17s no no not anymore they got rid of it but B-25s Stearmans and whatever else that NASA T- flies T-38s that. Yeah, 238s, yeah. guppies. Still have F-16s out there? Uh, you Predators? Know, yeah. Uh, oh, did I tell you I had a chance to go out? I showed you the picture. I didn't really talk about it, but I had a chance to. I know someone that uh, works out there as part of the Air National Guard, and they do the, they fly the drones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a chance to go out there and pl- look at, play around with the drone simulator and some other stuff. And we walked out to the to tarmac and there was a couple f-16s out there i was like hey that's interesting i thought you guys didn't have any and he goes well those are from the oklahoma national guard they're out there squatting out at our uh, our airfield uh just on standby and for and just for reasons so <laughs> so yes we do see have some f-16s on occasion all right cool and yeah like what else is there wb-57s every now and then the uh, guppy? yeah the guppy isn't there a MiG-21 based out there? And the there Collins used to F4? be. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm not sure what's going on with the Collins people. I, I haven't heard anything about them. But yeah, it used to be, that I've seen a MiG-21, an F-100, and I think an F- oh, right. F-4 too at, at some point. And an A-4? Yeah, an A-4. But yeah, I haven't always... seen any of that. Of course, I don't live as close to the airport as I used to, so I don't know. Maybe they're still doing it. Oh, they had a 262 replica too there for a little while. Ooh. Yeah. I got to see it fly once, and I got to oogle it and touch it and caress it once. They had an open house. Yeah. It's pretty neat to see that. Wow, if you were driving down the road and didn't know that thing was going to be flying, I think you went through a time warp. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. All right, so recap. When is the event and where? September 10th in what we call the Clear Lake part of South Houston. Uh, to get more, It's at the... Samuel Rodriguez Park. Sylvan. Sylvan, excuse me. Sylvan Rodriguez Park. Uh, if you're in Houston, you know what that is. If you're not, it's probably, I'm speaking gibberish. But if you're in the Houston area, come on down. That's a Saturday? Saturn day, yes. Saturday yeah. morning. 8 a.m., we'll right? Nine. Uh, but people show up at eight. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, you can find the flyer on our Facebook page. Look for RC Roundtable. The flotilla of fun. Yeah, with any luck, the sub guy maybe come back too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's another thing. I hate to keep hogging all the talking here. Go ahead. But this lake I'm on is 
it's pretty clear. So I was thinking, oh, this might be good for a sub or a sub with a camera. Yeah. So my my imagination is just running wild with the possibilities. Dive, so, dive. Yeah, so I might be bugging you for some information later. Sure. I'm actually working on uh, another sub. Slowly. Very slowly. But yeah. I could talk about that later. Yeah, okay. How about we talk about our visit to the Richardson Swap Meet? Maybe do a... I thought you'd never bring it up. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you would just shut up for a secondary. <laughs> <laughs> Not possible. Yeah, let's just do a quick uh, cliff notes of our Richardson Swap Meet. Maybe talk about a couple of things you picked up and because of your friend Lee. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Okay, I won't. You're welcome. Uh, well, you go, Lee. You would have been quiet. It's your turn. Oh, all right. Well, I'll start, and then you can add on to your okay. finds. But uh, Fitz actually had a, a live Hobby View show on his YouTube channel, and he showed some of his toys and trinkets. And I could see through the comments that a lot of people agreed with what you purchased. Um, but I, I went with Ryan and Fitz. Fitz went too. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. And I will say, uh, I hate to rub this in, but I, this because I feel like Fitz might like, don't say that. You'll, you're giving them information. But because we were vendors and we got to set up the night before, <laughs> we were making some deals with other vendors before the official opening, which was Saturday. And that's yeah, that's where I made... It's an official perk. <laughs> that's where my good deals were made. Um, and I, I say that because some of them were questionable. I picked up a T-28 with the Air Force scheme. That's that gray... Uh, version of the t28 and it looked okay and then once we got home and i gave this to austin i have one ryan wanted a t28 we'll talk about that in a second and uh, i just thought it'd be cool to have it well it (laughs) i think i paid 40 bucks and as austin said it's probably 20 bucks too much but the good news is austin uh so glad he's i guess you know got what i have and that's just the desire to fix things and he did he fixed it all up he he actually goes uh, dad i got this part on the wing i don't have and i was like well you know your dad just happened to have an extra wing for his t28 he goes where <laughs> he found it he stripped out all the pieces of the other wing and put it into it and it looks great he's got the wheels working i mean so it was really fantastic that he fixed it so he, he, is it the same color scheme yeah it's exactly like mine and the fact that he he's very happy about it and he's you know he's comfortable that's like it, it was worth it but i also got him i think it's an fms i don't know if you remember fits this was the hurricane and i got that for 40 dollars too and it looked pretty good and i i got it the price lower because the guy said well if he if i took the receiver out he'd give it to me for 40 so i I showed it to Austin and he went through it. He says, man, this is perfect. He did a taxi run. He, yeah, I think he had one thing to fix on it. So he had asked me, said, dad, if you can pick me up a, a warbird, I can just throw in the car. I'd, I'd love to have something like that. I don't have one. So he seemed very happy to receive those two. Now, going back to Ryan, he loves his E-Flight F-15. Just so happened the table next to us had a smattering of, of different planes. I'm sure Fitz can jump on this as well, of a variety of old stuff. And this is one of the original E-Flight F-15s, the white one, the styrofoam, I guess. Oh, <laughs> the twin EDF. Yes, the twin EDF. And okay. it looked in good shape. And boy, they just, they made me, I don't even want to tell you what the deal was. It was an amazing deal. And uh, they just said they had come from the Shreveport, the Sharks Club, 
and they have volunteered for their club to bring planes from other members and some people who were getting out of the hobby just to make any money they could to bring back to the club. And they were just so generous and kind. I can't speak highly of them enough. They were just the sweetest people. And they, they were so nice to Ryan because there were a couple of things they had that, you know, they just said, you know, we'll, we'll give it to Ryan. And he was thankful. But the F-15 was a great purchase. I think he's real excited. We're going to switch some connectors out, but I love that. And then the piece de resistance is one of the raffle prizes they had was a brand new E-Flight Trojan, the yellow one. And he and I were both were saying, you know, that's the one thing we really want. And sure enough, he won it. Nice. I was very excited for him. And I mean, even the people next to us were like giving him a high five, you know, <laughs> just cause, and, and it had been flown maybe one or t- twice, one or two times. I think Joe uh, was it got to know Joe had donated it. So, you know, he gets things secondhand and, and it was actually in good shape, but uh, looks like we had to just fix one little thing. No big deal. But uh, he's very, very happy with that. So it was a very successful swap meet at the original swap meet. And I guess I probably should mention what I picked up. I uh, talked to a guy. We'll probably do another, uh, maybe just a little post on this on our Facebook page just to follow up because I got to talk to him after the sale. Uh, I grabbed a multiplex Pilatus Porter. Nice. I have the multiplex kind of night. Um, sorry. It's a multiplex kind oh, of yeah, night. Yeah. And it's sitting behind me right now. I got to do some work on it. Uh, but I think I, I got a great deal. I've, I've wanted one and I've actually been to a couple of swap meets, including that Perry, uh, where a guy wanted more and I just didn't want to go that high. So I actually paid a little less than the one in Perry and, uh, I'm happy with it. So, uh, there you go. I got I got me a nice plane too. Had a, some great conversations out there. Uh, we sold, or they sold, rather, over 150 tables. And there were just tons of planes there. It was much bigger than last year. Wouldn't you agree, Fitz? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. All Mostly, right. Uh, your turn to talk popular. about your treasure finds. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it was a... Uh, yeah, like Lee, I found a, a couple of deals, uh, the night before, uh, one was, uh, I have, a one of my former students, he's getting to be pretty active in flying and really getting pretty good. Uh, he's got what is St- a student. A st- what were you teaching? Model RC model. Oh, I didn't know you had instructed people. Yeah. I'm actually listed as an instructor for my club. So on occasion oh. I instruct people. So I, I've had two or three students in the past. I try not to do it too often because I'm so busy, but he was a co-worker of mine, and he expressed interest in flying models. And I, I thought that was interesting, but I didn't know how serious it was. And he kept asking me about it. So I had a club member was selling an apprentice setup. Oh. So it was an apprentice with the, the, the ready-to-fly one that comes with the transmitter. Okay. And so I said, okay, well, club member selling one really cheap. This is your opportunity to get in real cheap if you really want to try flying. He said, yeah, 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 do it. So uh, over last, the past year, uh, I had started training him, and he, he was, to his credit, he was very consistent in showing up to the field and uh, learning stuff and, and listening to what I told him. And he ended up really learning quite quickly. And he's at the point now where he's, he, you know, he's long soloed, and he's, he's, he's throwing that apprentice around the sky. He's flying inverted doing loops and rolls and stuff like that. So he's he's doing really good, and he's looking at, he wanted to get a EDF. Uh, but I told him, really, the first thing you need to do is get a transmitter because the one that comes with that plane is ba- is a basic five-channel. It's not a computer radio. It's Other than being 2.4, it's basically old school. It's really limiting to what you can do. So uh, I said, hey, well, I'm going up to the swap meet, 
and I can look out for both an EDF and an, a nicer radio for you. And as we were setting up Friday, this guy had a uh, Spectrum uh, 6, DX6, is it I or E? I think it's E. Yeah, the I was the original one. Yes. Right? So this is the upgrade one. This is the, definitely not the original. This is the E then. So we had the E, and it had a uh, six-channel receiver, one of the quote-unquote antenna-less receivers in it. Basically, new in a box. I think it had maybe run on a bench a little bit, just a setup, but I don't think I ever used it to fly it. And I said, hey, how much you want for this transmitter? And as soon as he told me the number, I was like, <gasps> so I <laughs> quickly called up <laughs> my student says, hey, this guy's got this radio, This he wants X for it. You, would you, do you want it? And he goes, yes. <laughs> so I was able to get that nice radio for him for a really, really good price, uh, way below um, retail. Uh, so that was an advantage of Friday. And then I walked over to the booth to the people running the event, the Richardson Radio Control Club. They have a booth of donated stuff and whatnot. And the guy, actually, I think the guy called me over, as a matter of fact, said, hey, I know you like to run little Cox engines and stuff. Are you interested in this? And he shows it to me. Can you guess what it is, Terry? <laughs> Wait, what am I guessing? What he showed me. Well, you sent me a picture of some parts. No. But uh, an O2O. Nope. Well, actually, yeah, two things. But the first thing was, what was the first thing? So, yes, I think the O2O was the first thing. I think I picked it up and said, hey, this is kind of neat. It's an old Cole Goldberg, uh, is it a Javelin? It's a, either a free flight or a control line, 19, late 50s era uh, plane, all balsa wood. It's really, really, really beat up, but it has a, a Wee O20 on a nose. And for what he want with it for, it was well worth it just to buy it for the engine and trash the airframe if I wanted to. And he said, hey, you like that? Huh? How about this? And he shows me a new-in-a-box Cox EZB. Oh, nice. With the uh, transmitter, with the single-stick transmitter. Oh. Uh, for a near-Perry price. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually was a little bit hesitant. I talked to Lee. He was like, what's your problem? Just get it. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, get it. Are you nuts? That's like, get it. <laughs> Terry will murder you if you don't get it. Yes. I, I just, I mean, for when he told me what the price was, I was like, I just no, there's no questioning, man. Just hand him the money. <laughs> so it, I did. So it, yeah. it, looked, it looked good, too. I got to it see it. It looked really good. Yeah. And I tried it. It was kind of cool, too. I was actually really kind of enthralled by that. So, uh, so I have now I have an EZB again. Nice. So uh, that's the one that I have, right? The same one you have, yes. Yeah, so in the first one you got at Perry was some variant of that that has a camera on it. I forget what it's called. Yeah, I have that one. I forgot what it's called, too. It was in a red box. It's like an EZB, but I think it's only a single channel with a camera yeah, on the second yeah. channel. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, so I've got another EZB, so that'd be pretty nice. cool. And I'll probably fly it with the included transmitter just for giggles. What about the included motor? Uh. What, you think it should do glow or electric? Well, now that you have two of them, one of each. Oh, yeah, good point. You're welcome. Good point. Maybe I'll make the camera one electric so it doesn't vibrate all, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. 
right. Yeah, neat. Well, it's a uh, film camera. I don't know if it matters that much. Oh, <laughs> good point. Uh, I don't know if I got anything else on the, the, the... Oh, I think he... There was a box of some random glow cock stuff or half a engines also from the Perry... From the Perry... From the Richardson guys. He just said, here, just take it. Just some old... I think it was a couple of... A Wenmac engine and some old props and some old nylon top flight props for control line stuff. Just some random stuff. Uh, so... Right. Came home with a couple more engines from that lot. Uh, there was a guy, I can't remember if this was Friday or Saturday, but there was a guy who had a box of T Rex five, 500 or 550 parts. I think it was 550 because um, he had, I guess he crashed his, and so he just had a bunch of random bits, but he had some nice headpieces. And he had the fly barless head and swash plate for a T Rex 550. And I have the T Rex 550 new in a box that I'm going to build. And that's the fly bar version. So I thought, well, this would be neat so I can upgrade it to the fly barless. And he wanted a box of parts for a song. So I said, yeah, no problem. I'll just take the whole box of stuff. Cool. And what else? Uh,. Our, our old buddies Tom and Richard was there selling some interesting stuff. Tom had, man, he had a, the, is it, not the Havoc, the, was it the Havoc? The EDF jet that came out fairly recently um, from E-Flight. It's, an, it's got large ailerons and flaps that you can link together to be really sprightly. Okay. Uh, he wanted to, he was, uh, it was tempting. He wanted a really, really good price for it, but I, I said, nah, I'm trying to avoid too many planes. Um so, but he did have, he said, hey, if you, if you get an engine from me, you get another one free. <laughs> He's blowing out some old engines and he had a nice little, um, the ones I use, the, um, Norvell huh. or NV engine. So yeah, I could use a, basically, you know, the box. I was like, let me take one of those. And, and I think I ended up getting a, also a little Enya 15 or something as well. All right. So nice little nice. engines. I like, I like little engines. I'm a sucker for little, little engines like that. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, uh, nostalgia hit me bad. A guy had a Kyosho Prelude, I believe it's called. It's a Prelude, yeah, Prelude 20. That's this the was, cabin trainer looking plane. Yeah, it's a cabin trainer looking thing. Yeah. One, my first airplanes was the Prelude 10, which is a 10 size version of it. That's and the one you flew into a school. No, that's the one I got after I flew the one into the school. Okay. <laughs> I took the engine out of the one I flew into the school and put it in the Prelude 10. And okay. that one, uh, I, I I crashed it a few times, but not enough to really destroy it. So I crash it, repair it, crash it, repair it. Then I went into gliders, learned to fly, and I went back to that one and ended up flying it a lot. In fact, it followed me to Riddle. Uh, and I flew it a lot until I snapped the wing in half in flight, and that was the end of it. But... And, but I always really like that plane. It's got a, a foam fuselage, but it has a plastic coating on the outside. It's really nice, some wood stringers, and the, the wing is built up wood and covered in, in, in covering. Uh, and it was just always a nice flying plane, and I always kind of thought that the 20 was interesting because it showed on a picture with a four-stroke engine in it, like an OS-20 four-stroke. Oh. And so this guy had one. I can't say new in a box. It was new in a box, but some damage had happened to the fuselage that had to have been repaired. So it's unbuilt, but with some minor repair. 
but I didn't care because I didn't want to fly it. And I have an OS 24 stroke for it. So I thought Ooh, it'd be cool nice. just to build it just like it's on the cover of the box. Uh, and he, he was real nice. I think he had, he, I, he had, um, he knew me or something like that. I ended up, uh, he ended up giving me a, again, a really, really good price on it. Um, and, um, anything else? I'm trying to think of anything else if I got. Didn't you get a big fiberglass plane? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. I have brought a plane to sell, a, a big uh, Cessna 182 that I've been had for quite a while, and it's been in the box, 80-inch span. It was actually really, really nice. I didn't really want to sell it, but I know I'm just trying to get some room, and I know I'm not going to get to it. And another guy ended up buying it, had had one before, and he was real happy to see another one. And so up to that point, I had pretty much broken even as, as for what I sold and what I bought. And this was near the end of the day, and we we're all kind of sort of getting ready to pack up and finish off with the um, auction and i happened to just struck up a conversation with this guy he had i forgot what he had um oh no he had the fuselage of a fiberglass fuselage i just happened to ask him hey what is this this looks like uh an interesting little big plane and he said oh yeah he's got the rest of it outside and he wanted x for it but he wasn't sure who made it and i was like (laughs) So at first I thought it was a Jet Hanger Hobbies A4. And he had the wings that had been started, so they're sheeted balsa. It had some retracts with it, if I remember correctly, but it's basically unbuilt. And, you know, it was one of those things that he, he gave me a price that it was really, really hard to refuse. So I went out and started looking at it, and I was like, wow, this is, this is really, really cool. Uh and so I actually sent a picture to our buddy, uh, Chris Wolf. And I said, hey, is this Jet Hanger Hobbies? And he says, no, it's basically a clone of the Jet Hanger Hobbies made by Yellow Aircraft. But there were some slight differences. And, uh, oh, and by the way, never mentioned it to his father. <laughs> uh, but anyways, what he said, yeah, that's a, that was a good find. He said, that's a, that, uh, I think it has... Uh, I think they came with different wings, and I said I, th- I think he said the hey, yellow aircraft is basically the sport wing, so it's a little little bit larger than the. Uh, I think it's in between the sport wing and the scale wing, or something like that. So, but anyways, so yes, now I've got another um, nice fiberglass jet that I probably will make uh, electric. I think it's a good candidate for a nice big electric fan. I think. What size fan would it be? Uh, I think at least a ninety, ninety to a hundred millimeter oh all right that'll be interesting yeah that's pretty neat one of those things i wasn't you know wasn't planning on buying but i thought that's too cool to pass up yeah fitz came away with a good collection yeah nice sparky was there right yes that's yeah i made a mental note to mention that so uh, sparky was there he had some edfs he was looking to get rid of and uh it's funny there was a Two of my club members also drove up, and he ended up buying one of the fans from Sparky. <laughs> so they were just the fans, not airframes? Uh, no airframes, just fans and motors. Okay. Yeah, I guess from old projects or something he's working on. And the guy says, hey, I need really need, it was like a 90 millimeter, one of them. He said, uh-huh. hey, I've got this uh, project I'm working on. I could really use one of these. So uh, 
Sparky was walking around. He just had a backpack of stuff, and he th- dropped some stuff on our table. He shared a little bit of space. <laughs> and uh, he was also also nice enough to give me uh, some random stuff that he had laying around, some odds and ends. Uh, so thanks, Sparks. Uh, cool. So, yeah, I came up with some pretty neat stuff. Uh, a, a t-shirt, a guy had a t-shirt with a Cox emblem on it, so I bought one of those for giggles. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty neat. I, I kind of, he had two colors, and I ended up not getting the color I wanted because he sold out, but I still got one that says Cox on it. It's just a slit. But it's still neat, so I'm not going to complain. Hmm. I wonder what happens if you wear that to the mall around people who don't know what to do. Yeah. What the heck? They think you're being sarcastic or fun. I'm yeah. sure someone was going to yell at you. One last thing, a couple of things. We had the auction at the end, and that's where Lee mentioned his son won. Uh, so, Lee, did I tell you about the message somebody left on one of my videos? No. About that? Uh, so there was one of my vid- recent videos. I guess there was a guy there uh, who uh, had uh, – he was the owner – of the plane your son won and he left a message saying oh, I think it was from my live show and I mentioned going to Perry and I think he said oh yeah I was at Perry and I, I sold this yellow my uh, T-28 to some kid you mean Richardson <laughs> Richardson yeah I'm sorry did I say Perry yeah yeah Richardson he said I was at Richardson and I um, auctioned off one of my planes and some some kid that seemed really happy to get it I hope he enjoys it <laughs> and I'm like I know that kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you talking about the raffle? Because Ryan won the raffle. I'm sorry, the raffle, not the auction. Yeah, he won yes. the T28 raffle prize, but he also bid on a vampire. We also got one of the uh, Dynam. Did you win a vampire? Yeah, we, he bought a yes. Dynam vampire. Okay. Because I, guys- I have two, actually. So I just told him if he wanted an EDF, that would be a great one. And he said, well, can I have it? I said, if you bid, oh, here's 40 bucks. Hmm. That's all you get. And he got it for 35 Oh, okay. That include the skewers? <laughs> they actually did the update on it, so yes. <laughs> oh, nice. Those actually look like carbon fiber. Oh, good. Better. Hey, Terry, speaking of that, I tried bidding on a Kyosho jet. It's one of those sport jet, had a V-tail, the fans on top. I forgot what it's called. It's got a weird name. Oh, like a V-1000. Yeah, yeah, I think it's called the V-1000 or Sonic something 1000. Yeah, I can picture it. Yeah, I, I got outbid. I didn't think anybody would be interested in it because it had the brush motor, but... The guy, the auctioneer kept playing it up. Oh, I got this super fast jet. It's fast thing. It's going to be zippy, zippy fast. Who wants to bid on it? 100 miles So, hour. yeah, I was like, uh, no, this thing probably could barely get out of its own way. But um, it went for, you know, not a, not a whole lot of money, but it was a little more than I wanted to pay for it. Uh, but I was I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, yeah. So anyway. What if the person who got it was like, oh, man, I don't have a Nikad battery. What yeah. <laughs> They're going to be a little Brush disappointed when they control. fly. What's this white yeah. connector? <laughs> yeah, it had a little Tamiya connector in it. Why is it so hot? <laughs> I think it did have a Tamiya connector, as a matter of fact, in it. I'm sure it did. Uh, hey. There was. What? No, go ahead. Oh, a couple things. A couple things that caught my eye in the big. Uh, there was a section that had planes on the floor. Uh, one was a guy had a turbine for, for, uh, for sale. That was kind of neat and cool, but I wasn't ready to spend all that much money for it. But it was a really good deal. And it was showed up, just kind of plopped down that it was a, I think it was a VQ Models uh, Tony, Key, Key 61 Tony, Glow Power that was oogling over quite a bit. 
that I had no business even being interested in buying, but I thought it was cool and it looked really neat. And um, eventually found out who it was. Somebody actually kind of semi knew. Uh, but no, I didn't walk home with it, but man, it was nice looking. Yeah, we were really hopeful we could get it for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, it was 400, bucks. right? <laughs> no, actually it was less than it was like 300. Oh, okay. Well still, it was not a bad price. It was okay. It was probably a fair price, but, yeah, I, was fair but price. speaking of price, I think I want to add this little tidbit that people next to us came, <laughs> came over and said, so how long are you guys staying? I said, well, we'll probably stay for the auction. He goes, well, we have this plane here that some guy bought this morning and he said he'd come back to get it because he wanted to do some more shopping and he's never come back and the guy never did and it was a nice he did did not they sold it they sold it to another guy for the same price so if they ever found out who you know bought it if they you know get called on they'll just give him his money back but no he never showed back up interesting (laughs) it's like it it must have been what he probably paid what 50 60 bucks for that edf yeah, I got a super steal. Super on it. Ste- yeah, it was a great super, price. Super steal. Oh my yeah. gosh, it was a really good price. So, yeah, I forget what it was. Uh, do you? Maybe seventy five, I think, or something like that. No, do you remember what the jet was? Oh yeah, this was the F two J. Is it? It looks like an F eighty six, but it's not. It's the uh, oh the Navy version, the Fury. Yeah, yeah. The Fury. Yeah, the E flight Fury. A- yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Oh man, yeah, that that would have been a good deal. I just never it was, it was crazy that he never showed back up. Was like, we hope he's you know not dead in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he drunk buying. He totally forgot. He was all liquored up. <laughs> uh, but all in all, it was a good good swap meet. Lots of good deals. Lots of neat stuff. I mean, we didn't mention all the other neat stuff that we saw that got sold or googled at. Uh, we did a live show, so if you look on our Facebook page, you see me walk around, Lee is a cameraman, we walked around, talked to a few people, and could look at, uh, Google at some of the stuff you saw there. Yeah, if you want, you can, <laughs> I know I'm going to get laughs from my co-hosts here, including you, Adam. Uh, the AMA has a TikTok channel now, and we just try to record events that we're attending and just, you know, rebroadcast it. Well, I did a walkthrough of the Richardson Swap Meet. It was a sanctioned event. And well, I, it was up on our site and I just walked through and we added the TikTok on there and it's like our most popular TikTok video right now. <laughs> it's got wow. tons of view because people are just like, oh my, you know, especially from foreign countries, they don't see these kind of swap meets. I don't, you know, as I guess they just, it's not, it's foreign to them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> we had, a, we had a lot of people feedback, uh, you know, giving us feedback. So uh it's it's a it's up on our tiktok page you can look up i fly ama for ama but yes our walkthrough with the fits on the mic is uh on our rc roundtable facebook page cool so no irs agents there <laughs> no, no IRS. IRS. So they hired eighty two thousand new ones they they can spare a few for the swap meets now yeah no yeah uh-huh yeah, so kudos to the Richardson Rail Control Club. We ran a very nice event, very well run, and hopefully you guys uh, made some good bank out of it for your club. Yeah, I think, I think you said it was a good year. All right, I hope they do it again next year. Yeah. Well, you can go back and sell all the stuff you bought this year. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, I got to go fly the stuff. I promised Austin I'd try to get him out this weekend to fly the Hurricane and <laughs> no. the T-28. I gotta say that when we were packing the car, Lee, <laughs> there was a, a, a there was a whole bunch of planes on the ground next to Lee's car. You you bought a lot of planes. <laughs> yeah, we did. We we were given a couple of planes from the couple next to us. So I picked up this very old Fly Zone 
what 150 152 uh just you know the maroon one so i i picked it up because it was broken but i fixed it it's in the workshop i'm going to mm. modify it to go brushless and yeah we we got a couple other strange things ryan picked up a plane for 10 bucks and i was like fine with that but you know when we drove home there was an f-15 sticking in ryan's face the whole drive home could <laughs> <laughs> you have the trailer no we just you know i was like i was kicking myself for not bringing it uh, but you know maybe that was the right thing to do i probably would have bought a lot more <laughs> right but it was a good trip it was a it was a fun trip and thanks fits for making it uh fun we had a good time yeah it, did. it was a good trip yeah highly entertaining I, I should note that uh sparky mentioned that he specifically did not drive his truck so he couldn't bring anything big home he drove his car it's like his little car in fact darn nabbit tom tom gave ryan and without my knowledge a huge fiberglass mold you saw it fits we still don't know what that's for. It's for some oh, kind of racer. Yeah. But it's, it's like some racer P fifty one or something. Huge fiberglass mold. <laughs> and, and, and I never had a chance to go throw it back in Tom's face because he left. <laughs> so I had to haul that thing home. It'll just, it's just going to find a spot in my rafters. I'll maybe find a home for it. But oh my gosh, that I think that was almost like one of those jokes where you know you just kind of leave it in someone else's possession and hopefully they'll give it to somebody else and so on and yeah. so on. <laughs> It's the fruit maybe, cake of the swap. Maybe after Air Venture next year, Terry will find it in his truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't tell him. Just, just leave it. Oh, well, I'd like to throw in a couple of uh, of my things, if that's okay. Adam, you still... Well, just... Yeah, nudge Adam yeah, first. No, I was going to say, Adam, you still there, buddy? He's like... I am. I'm sorry. I was busy drinking. I was playing the RC Roundtable drinking game, so... <laughs> Wait, what was that? Every time, every time someone says Kyosho, you gotta take a take a take a oh, drink. Oh, you must be hammered. Yeah, it's been rough. Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> and feel free to just jump in and push the little buzzer, Adam, if you want to chime in on something. Uh, I want to start by giving a huge hug, huge uh, podcast hug to my buddy Kirk Jensen. He has saved the day for me. Uh, I have a workshop in the back of my garage that I had custom built when I bought this house. When I bought it, I knew I was going to have a mini split. So I had it wired for one, had one installed when I moved in. And I've talked about it on the podcast a long time ago, but I had this Mitsubishi mini split that has, this has given me problems. And even though part well, hold on a second. excuse me, uh, if you didn't have problems, I wouldn't know what a mini split is. Oh, it's so. an air conditioner. It's a, okay. it's a like, yeah. A portable air conditioner? No, it's it's an air conditioner for smaller rooms. It's great for okay. uh, build-outs and such, and especially for a workshop. So gotcha. you have a little uh, compressor on the outside, and then you have your fan unit on the inside. You just run a hole through, run your refrigerant lines, and they're usually very efficient. They're like SEER rated at 19 plus. But I digress. So I have an air conditioner. It's been on the fritz. And even though parts were under warranty, the labor is just crazy. So I finally got fed up because about two weeks ago, my AC was not cooling. And I was fed up with the company that serviced it last time. And I decided I was going to replace it with a Daikin or Daikin, however you want to pronounce it. And to wrap... Daison. Excuse me? It's, fr it's French. It's Daison. <laughs> La Daigon. So I picked up a different brand and <laughs> I called uh, my new AC company to give me a quote last year to replace it. And they quoted me like $3,100. And at the time I was okay, but because the unit was cooling, I wasn't, I just told them I'd wait till it went out. Well, sure enough, it went out a couple, you know, I guess a couple weeks ago, called them back up and they jacked the price up to like $4,200. 
to replace it. And I was, I mean, I really had a tough time with the salesman. I was like, really, guys, you cannot be serious. There's no reason. Oh, well, the prices have gone up and yada, yada. And it was a bunch of BS. So I hung up on the phone and looked up the price for this unit. It's only $1,400. And they were wanting over two grand for labor to install something that I already pretty much had set up. I had the power, I had the hole in the wall, I had a mount location, I had a pad. So there really wasn't a lot of work except to take it out of the box, put the refrigerant lines in, vacuum the lines and let it go. And Do they have just a fixed installation price? I guess. That was just the price they gave me. And I was not happy. So I've been kind of not only hot in the workshop, I was hot in the head, (laughs) filled with head, filled with rage. So I knew Kirk Jensen had installed his own units in his workshop. And so I just called him out of the blue and said, hey, did you have any problems installing yours? Is it too that difficult? And he was like, man, I got you covered. I got the tools. I got the experience. You name the date. I'll be there. And uh, last weekend, I yanked the Mitsubishi out. I said, buddy, can you come over? And it was first day was raining. The second day, I wasn't sure. And I said, "Okay, we'll set it up for Wednesday. And he came over this morning exactly when he said he would. I rented a vacuum pump. And man, long story short, shorter, you know, two and a half hours later, (laughs) you know, after we had a couple of little snafus, we got that sucker running. It's pumping cold air in my workshop. And I can't tell you how good it feels to have friends that can help you out save you a lot of money and you know save the day so kirk you're a good friend you've been a good friend with uh, all your work with best i love hanging out with you uh of course fitz and i had the the joy of driving with <laughs> kirk <laughs> to parry and back uh, with his wonderful sense of humor uh, i'm still recovering from all those bad jokes <laughs> he's he was throwing them at me this morning too i'm not going to repeat them uh, on be on to help our listeners uh but he is it's if you've got a friend like that, make sure you thank them. Uh, this was the best thing I could do to, besides giving him money and, and I fed him today. Um, and I'm just so happy that to have my workshop back. And it's just a different experience. If you've got a workshop, you're used to the AC and then you lose it, especially here in Texas. I mean, the humidity was like 68% in my workshop. There was just no way I could stay in there. So again, thanks, Kirk. Appreciate it. Um, you can get back in there and start working on some planes because guess what? We've got two events uh well besides the foff we've got bomber coming up that's two yeah. weeks buddy fits september really 16th great. and 17th so uh, we are going to be busy we've got chris wolf coming down the rc geek from tennessee he's bringing some aircraft to fly and i promised fitz and chris that i would uh, help them do media whether it's uh, video or photography of their stuff so hope to be very active at the event so you guys stay tuned and then there's best uh, September 9th. Well, September 29th ish. <laughs> that's the Thursday. Yeah, the official day is October 1st. Um, so that's two weeks. It's two weeks after. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, best is coming up. Uh, I do not have that P38 ready. I'm, I've got to get on that. I'll do it this week. I promise. No excuse. You got air conditioning. now. I know that's exactly right. So I'll start getting all the servos installed, but uh, anyway, that's it. And then finally, this is the piece to resistance. I bought something, Fitz, and now you have hey. to guess what I got. A uh, snow cone maker? No. Adam, you can also join in on the guessing game. It is, I'll give you the hint, it is an aircraft, so we'll go with that. Is it a ray controlled aircraft? Negative. Is a P-38 that doesn't fly? No. 
<laughs> you bought. Well, he said not an aircraft. So <laughs> no, I said it, it's an aircraft. I said it is an aircraft. It's not radio controlled. It's not radio controlled. Correct. Is it control line? Is it control line. It is control line. But you can't guess, Terry, because you know what it is. I, for the life of me, I can't think of what it is now. Oh, oh. Well, you didn't tell me that you got oh. it last time. We well, talked, now we so have to see if this, Fitz remembers. So I know what it is, but I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. was it the PT nineteen? The PT nineteen. You, did you? You got it. Huh? I got a brand new inbox Cox PT nineteen. I'm now nice. one of us, one of you. Yeah, <laughs> one of us. all three of us have it now. <laughs> Adam, do you? did you or have you ever had a Cox PT-19? It was the, uh, so my first RC airplane I ever got as a kid, it was the, so it was the Cox Lazy Bee. Uh, I have one. And then, and then after that, I got the Cox PT-19. I still <laughs> have the body and the wing. I've lost the tail somewhere, but I have... Most of it still. Sometimes you can find parts on eBay, but that's interesting. You went from RC to control line. Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. Well, I bought, I remember I bought the PT 19 with my own money, mm. and the ah. RC was a birthday, Christmas present. Ah, yeah. Gotcha. Whatever happened to that lazy beat? What happened to it? Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I flew it, I had no training, uh, and my dad had never flown rc before so i was completely on my own and this was pre-internet so literally i flew it with the only knowledge of you pull the stick back to go up and then left and right to turn left and right and i'll never forget i flew at us and flew right over my mom's head to enough to make her duck and hit the floor <laughs> and it hit the ground really hard and the wheels popped off and then i ran out of gas and it took, you know, a month or two to fix the wheels. And I think I only ever flew it three or four times ever. It was just so that that 049 I had in it was so tricky to get running. And I eventually went the way of the Dodo. I kept the wing for the longest time as like an ornament. But <laughs> that that styrofoam, that fuel just ate it over time. It just. Hmm. Good time. Good Every time. once in a while, I I think I sent it to you, Terry. I see one for sale in the box. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I've never not if I found one for about a hundred dollars, I'd pull the trigger. But you just need to have fits with you. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that sucker running. Well, for our listeners, I've never owned a Cox PT19. I hear my buddies talk about it all the time, and uh, I. Terry teasingly told me uh, about, you know, if you want to fly one, just go borrow one of Fitz's beat up ones. <laughs> but, uh, but I've never owned one. Terry's got one. We put it on the cover of our Facebook page and I thought that was cool. And I was like, you know, I got my joy of flying a Cox uh, control line recently or say recently, uh, it was a year ago uh, with Fitz. I took a Cessna 150 that I got at an auction and got to fly that for a couple of circles. And uh, maybe that just set the urge but i got this one sub 100 dollars, new in box and nice. i don't think fitz was aware of this terry you may have seen it but are either of you on the control line flying facebook group don't no. think so. so last night i posted this and i think you guys would be entertained you too adam and our listeners but i posted this 
<laughs> poll it says found a cox pt19 new in box and an estate sale should i first one leave it in the box build and display it build and fly it and then two people added sell it and teach a kid how to fly it and right now no. <laughs> right now and i kid you not uh, oh, oh you know before i give you the results because over 60 people have voted before i give you the results wow. i ask you that question i have this new in box pt19 what would you do with it? Fitz. I would be inclined to fly it. Maybe a combination of fly it and, well, you know, have anybody else interested in flying it, teach a kid kind of thing. Okay. But, so fly it is on your list. Yeah, fly it. Yeah. Right, Terry? Well, like I told you the other day, they made about 53 million of those. So on the one hand, that's a good reason to fly it. On the other hand... And this is probably what I would do because this is what I've done with mine. Keep it pristine in the box and find one of those other 53 millions that's got some miles on it. <laughs> yeah, good point. And Adam? Uh, take it out of the box, put it together, put it on a shelf for display, but keep the box and everything in the box and fly one of Fitz's. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that wasn't one of the options. <laughs> so right now it is, uh, let's see, here we go here. It is 26 votes, leave it in the box, 28 votes, build and fly it. Oh, wow. Basically 50-50. Yeah. And one of those 28 votes is me. I purchased this with the full intent of flying it. Yeah. And I don't and that's, feel bad about that at all. Yeah, that's the only vote that really counts. So. Yeah. I just was curious what others say, but it was very interesting how it's almost 50-50. There were a couple of, you know, display it and, you know, teach another kid. And I'm, you know, I might let my kids fly it. So I'm not against yeah. that. And that could be that fifth option, but I don't know. I just like, I, I think you could sit there and build, buy lots of things and stick them on the shelf. But I think this is kind of that joy to say I've flown a PT-19. Yeah, I guess it's a little, I guess it's a little different if you didn't fly one in your youth, I suppose. Like yeah, you I don't have that nostalgia yeah. associated with yeah, not that aircraft. I mean, I've flown control line, so I'm used to. I mean, I've flown control line. It's not that's not the issue, but it's just that I kind of I want to have that feeling that you guys had. <laughs> you know, I've heard you guys talk about your experiences with the PT19, and some of them well, haven't just, been successful. <laughs> well, yeah, remember those stories we tell are from the perspective of a ten year old. Well, so hopefully, <laughs> I, I have a little more experience, experience where it will survive. <laughs> well, it might not be as we might be embellishing things. So, well, I yeah, I, I offer the same poll question to our listeners. You are welcome to chime in. You can either email us at contact at rcroundtable .com or you can go to our Facebook page, and uh, I'll probably post a photo as soon as it comes in, so you guys can uh, respond to that. But I would love to listen. Uh, excuse me, hear what you guys think, and also if you guys still have a PT-19 out there, you know, what do you guys do with them? Do you fly them or do you have them on display? You could put a poll on the Facebook page, couldn't you? I could, or I'll just link it to the control line. And by the way, for those of you who do fly control line, that is a very active group. They are, they have really? over almost 9,000 members. And wow. I, I see lots of posts every day from that group. And I'm glad I joined it. I, I'm not an active control line pilot, but I will soon be back in the saddle because mm. I've got my SIG Twister that I have, an Acrobat. I never finished the, the B, so I've got to get that sucker done. And uh, this sucker. 
So, yeah, oh. next time you go out, let me know. We can meet over at Scoby or something. I'm, control line day. I, I kind of want to find that grass. <laughs> I, don't think I, want, <laughs> you know, I want to be a well, little grass careful. on the side. I know, but I want to be. You know, I think I'll go on the you're right on the other side of that that platform is the uh, yeah, grassy area where they do combat. That's good. So, how do all those group members access Facebook on their flip phones? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. That was said by Terry Dunn, folks. <laughs> Make sure send your cards and letters. accordingly. Yes, exactly. Address it to <laughs> Terry Dunn. Hey Lee, I had one question. Can you tell the age of that particular PT nineteen? Because there's been several different incarnations of it, and some can be pretty old and valuable. Um, Tony knows. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to Tony. I have a photo yeah. on my phone. I will send it to you shortly. But as I said, when it comes in, I'll also put a post. Uh, excuse me, a post on our Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. Well, if it's like mine, when you pull it out of the box, there'll be a stamp on the inside that says the date it was oh, made. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, this is clearly new in box, never been touched. The the motor is still strapped to the cardboard. Uh, it's not part of the plane. It's not in the plane. Is it the blue and yellow? It's blue and yellow. Okay, because yeah, some of the other early ones that had different colors. There was a another color variation or two. All the right. fin, all the tail pieces are in a plastic bag with the decals. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So I will maybe videotape that and assembling it, and people going, "No, leave it in the box. Don't touch it." <laughs> Get all the yeah. little dislikes on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> How could you do such a thing? I, Burn the heathen. Yeah. And Adam, if if you hadn't heard some of our earlier podcasts, there was this one auction, this estate sale. This is something I, I've been doing for fun, and uh, Fitz, uh, Terry, and I will tell you another little tidbit in a second. But there was this one auction I bid on uh, maybe last year in New York. This guy must have run a hobby shop and it was a very old hobby shop, but I got these Jetco models that just, just bleeds nostalgia. And he had this amazing collection of aircraft, but boy, those prices went up. I mean, you could just, Wait. people just knew what the values were, but I, I asked myself the question, are these people buying them to resell or are they buying them to put on display? And because I just didn't feel like they were buying them for, for the intention of building them. Like I bought no, the Jetcos because I want to build them. And Wait, want, are, the Jetcos are not the ones that are like wood shaped, uh, airplane shaped pieces of wood that you got to whittle into a, a shape. No, right? this is, no, these, I mean, it's bo it's boxes of the balsa, but you know, they're, yeah. they're pre-cut to a certain form. But yes, it is, oh, okay. it is having to build it from scratch, so to speak. But I, I like that. You know, my intention was to buy it. But there you you could see that the, he had a lot of new in box. But here's my sad part is that this gentleman who passed away had all these items new in box. He didn't get to sell them. <laughs> the estate no, yeah. the estate got to sell it. He didn't get to reap the rewards of handing it to somebody, someone else enjoying it or knowing that someone was going to either hold on to it or build it. And i kind of glad that my kids are in the hobby now. So I hope it goes to them. To me, going back to the PT-19, it's like, I want to fly that sucker. You know, I want to be able to enjoy it. Like yeah. some some people who like love cars and they buy cars. Like, you know, Jay Leno drives his cars. <laughs> you know, I love that. You know, he, he experiences the the thrill of, you know, driving in California and, you know, on those roads and, and filming and talking about them. I think that's so cool. Okay, you, you guilted me into it. I changed, <laughs> I'll change my phone. I said Jay Leno. And that, that Oh, yeah, I like Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of the same debate with full-scale warbirds, right? Do you stuff it and put it in a museum, or do you keep it going at the risk of crashing it? Oh, now you get at them. <laughs> there you go. So, are you yeah. building that B-17 just to put it in a museum, or are you building it to fly? Well, what crashed recently, wasn't it? It was a hurricane, I think, right? It 
was a hurricane. Uh, yeah, oh, the, uh, yeah, hurricane yeah. in the Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah. So they occasionally go down, but I, I agree. I like to see them fly used. I mean, it's nice to have some in the museums too to, to look at in Google, but it's. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe, first, maybe I'll put it on display and take some pictures and just say, "Look, it was it was on display, <laughs> yeah. but now it's yeah. out of display." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put it on display. Take a picture. See, it wasn't display. The now display is over. Display flying. time is over. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's my philosophy. Is you know, I buy models to to build and fly. I'm not really a collector just to have in a box sit on the shelf. At least that's not my intention. Yeah. That's all I have. Thank you for letting me share that. Oh, I'm sorry. I say that's all I have, but I wanted to follow up and say, uh, Fitz, Terry and I will be talking to you soon. We found another estate sale with lots of cool stuff, including that photo I sent to you in chat with that Cox Ooh. UFO, Ooh. which, by the way, new inbox. How much, so, would, yeah. how much would you pay for the Cox UFO new inbox? Oh, I don't know. What do you think of it? Not a whole lot. Well, just curious. I mean, we'll we'll share this with our listeners when the auction's over. So, what do you think it'll oh. sell for? Here's our little our questionnaire. Uh, it's probably forty bucks. Probably a, a good price for it. Adam, do you have a guess? I I've never seen one like that. The ones I saw were didn't look like that. So I don't know. Yeah, that one does look slightly different than the ones I've seen too. I'm not quite sure why, but uh, it's like it's got a. It's missing some pieces in the middle or something. I don't know. It looks good. Yeah, it looks fine. But yeah, I saw, I've seen them fly at uh, Small Steps. The guy had one and it's, it's funny because like one out of five launches will end up really being really wonky and the thing will just kind of wobble around (laughs) and hit the ground. But But everybody was looking. Everybody's looking. Wow. So Terry, you didn't give a number, or Adam, you didn't either. So you have. I'll I'll go. I'll go sixty-seven (laughs) fifty. I'm Bob Barker, and Terry, what do you think? Sixty-eight fifty. Oh, I hate you. I'm betting one (laughs) dollar. Yeah, it'd probably. I'd probably go up to sixty bucks for. Maybe not me personally, but I think its prices will go. That's not unreasonable. You gotta have the right people looking at it. That's all. Yeah. Well, I'm just so you know, there's an auction in Wisconsin that I have Terry. I sent him a huge list. I don't know how angry he is at me, but I might be having him do a road trip to this town out west if we can win some items because there is a Royal P38 kit that is Ooh. in this inventory. And for some reason, I just got to have it. <laughs> Talking about uh, drinking, airplane drinking game, wood. we have Kyosho and P38. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else do we have to talk about? Oh, I think that's it. Adam, is there anything you want to follow up on? Ask us or? No, just uh, thanks for having me on. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, the only depressing part is that I can't go back and listen to this one because I can't go listen to myself. So, Oh, you'll get over uh, that. <laughs> There's a one fast podcast forward I missed. <laughs> I do it to Terry and Fitz all the time. I just like to listen to me, my sweet, sultry voice. Oh, or play yeah, We're going to edit out changer. most of your stuff anyway. Yeah, there you go. Oh, hey, I will add... Uh, I couldn't do Oshkosh this year. I had all the plans and intentions of going, but um, my wife had a surgery that uh, recovery didn't go like it was planned, so I couldn't go. But next year, uh, she's been foreboding to have any procedures done, so hopefully I can go uh, meet up with you guys. And, uh, Lee, hopefully the Liberty Foundation will have a freshly repainted b25 there um that we are going to start touring with 
next year. Oh my gosh. Oh, nice. Are you going to try to give flights out at Oshkosh? So we probably won't be giving flights because EA has their own B25, but you it will be on display and whatnot. And it'll be a brand new paint scheme that no one's really seen yet. So. Wow. Well, I'm glad you said no or you didn't think so because Brian's not going to Air Venture <laughs> next year. <laughs> He's going yeah. to Jamboree for Boy Scouts, so he would have been so mad. <laughs> Especially if I was in it. <laughs> right. Do a live. Show. Well, now we just have to get your picture in the car. There we go. Just... There we go. Hey, look, I'm in the I'm in the co-pilot seat. <laughs> oh man. Oh, did you did you tell uh, um, Terry and Fitz what uh, your son? I didn't. Go ahead and share got. that. That's a great story. Well, you tell them. I'm not gonna. Tell. You tell. No. Them. You were. The... You were. Well, we all we you we talked about it when we were at the diner uh, because Ryan was all interested, but. Uh, you have to tell me the, spe- the specifics about the incident. I'll tell you what happened afterwards. Okay, so we were we were there talking. I don't know how it came up, but another hobby that I have and my father has and my brother has, we, we are amateur metal detectorists. And uh, so we combined the hobbies of aviation and metal detecting, and we went looking after out for a uh, B-25 crash site that happened just outside of Urbana in during World War II and what happened is they were at night they got lost um, they ran out of gas so they all bailed out and the plane crashed um, what we did is you can get the crash reports for just about any crash we fought, we got the crash reports and usually those have photos to help narrow down where the site is we knew within a, a mile in any direction where this was but to narrow it down we were hoping to get photos so we get the crash report, we open it up, and all the photos were taken at night. So they're <laughs> pitch black. There's nothing in them. So we decided to just, we picked one field that was going to be the best option, and we started. And I'll never forget, my brother looks over at me, and he's like, we're never going to find this thing. And it was about 15 minutes later, my dad's detector went beep, 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 beep. And he pulls up the very first piece of olive drab colored aluminum and we had found it wow and i was telling that story and um lee's son's eyes got real big like enormous so i uh, decided when i came home and we have giant tubs my dad has giant tubs of parts that he's dug up over the last two years um which my drives my mother absolutely crazy because <laughs> they're literally just it looks like can's law um so i boxed up some pieces and sent it uh i sent it to lee so i thought it'd be neat for the boys to have yeah so i think i sent you a, a short clip of video i knew that you had sent him some pieces of a b25 and so when the envelope came in i gave it handed it to ryan and i videotaped him opening it and his eyes his, his they lit up just like when you were talking about it at that diner and he's he was like oh my gosh you know how many parts i have of a b25 and, and i think in the video i said you know if you had two million more you might have half a b25 because <laughs> <laughs> we did he did pick up a piece of a b25 or uh, you know some kind of keychain or something at air venture uh, just for fun so and <laughs> you didn't know about this adam unless you heard the podcast but did i tell you what austin got at air venture uh i did listen to the podcast but i don't <laughs> Remember. He got an escape handle for a 747. 
Oh no, I don't remember it's, that. It's a little, uh, what do you call it, a belay type device that you it, it detaches to the interior and you open escape hatch, you hang onto this little thing and you slide down a 747. It unwinds a cable. And he got this for like 20 bucks, 30 bucks at a, at a flea market thing at AirVenture. It is the coolest thing. It is, it's like, I was so shocked. So, you know, Austin's got his hoarding of 747 parts and Ryan's got his B25 parts. So thank you for being part of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a neat little thing. I mean, I, I, I kept a few pieces for myself. Well, it's very generous. I appreciate you doing that for my son. I, that's all I got. Just thanks for having me on. Hey, you're in the Eastern time zone, right? Correct. Oh, it's bedtime. Goodness. <laughs> thank you for sticking with us. I've got no plans. I, I've got no life. It's it's all... It's, <laughs> Kids sports and work. That's hey, it. you want to make him pass out? Say Kyosho 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> Nighty night. Nighty night. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, Fitz. I think that was a fun show. Again, Adam, thank you. And uh, Terry and Fitz, you guys, I appreciate uh, you guys sharing your stories too. Uh-huh. Likewise. Yeah. Good stories all around. Thanks again, Adam, for joining us and your uh, indomitable knowledge of uh, aircraft, especially B-17s. Uh, hopefully we'll meet up at some point in the future. I think I'm the only one you haven't met and hopefully you'll hope floats fits. Just make it happen. (laughs) Well, it looks like we got some plans for next year. So hopefully we'll all get to catch up. All, all four of us can meet up and, uh, light the town on fire. Absolutely. All right. On that note, thanks everybody for listening to us. And, uh, if you have any questions, send us some feedback at contacts, at rcroundtable.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can tell Terry, answer Terry's question he had earlier. <laughs> get angry at him. Uh, or get angry. Yeah, any angry notes, just go straight to him. All you old control line pilots, <laughs> send your mail. <laughs> yeah, you can send mail through your flip phones to contact him. All right. <laughs> On that note, have a good night, everybody, and we will see you later. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.